Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, by Matt. Are you sure I'm me and just not dark me from the dark multiverse? I don't know. I'll, I'll see how, how I feel after a few responses. Like If you bite my head off mm. more than a certain amount of times, maybe I'll consider you the dark version. Um, okay. We have the light version of Connor here, which is to say that he's not here at all. <laughs> So it seems seems much happier and better. Oh, poor Connor. Yeah, Connor, Connor's yeah. away doing things today. Yeah, he does us some solids at a comic con, and we still can't help making fun of him. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> off making contacts. He's off yeah. making deals with people and things, uh... um, which could become relevant things that we talk about at some point. I don't know. Uh, but he he's he's off doing work, and <laughs> we're here to talk about comics, but. I don't know. I feel like I'd rather be here talking about comics. It's a big well, it's because you're week. you're it's because you're kind of kind of antisocial. So like being in large groups definitely isn't your thing. Oh yeah, I don't like large groups. Um, yeah, I'm antisocial. I'll give you that. Uh, see, what got me is my con that I went to. It was kind of disappointing this year, outside of meeting Jason Fabic. Um, you know, so I kind of rather have been recording at that point. Cause, hmm. But up to that point, I had no idea what to expect. So hopefully he's having a good time. And he talked to Latour for like 15 minutes about barbecue and food. So As he does, as he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we talk about DC Comics. Uh, which, by the way, we happen to be recording this on Batman Day, which is Matt's favorite holiday of the year. Ugh. But I still played nice, and I went to Twitter and put up my <laughs> favorite Batman stories. Um I so wanted just to make them all Dick Grayson stories, but I couldn't. Uh, just to be a dick. No, no yeah. pun intended. No pun intended. But yeah, so I couldn't. Because there's there's a lot of Batman stories I do like that are just classic. Like like The Long Halloween. Uh, that has nothing to do with Dick Grayson. It, it's funny you bring that up, because that's what we're doing for the monthly episode next month. Because oh, it's October. Know. And, you know. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, no, so it's, it's Batman Day. It's Batman's birthday. He's, uh, what age is he? But 77, I think? Because 75 was a couple of years ago. Yeah, because he's a year younger than Superman. But, yeah. not, but not not quite a year, but, you know, Close nine, enough. ten months. Yeah. yeah. So, Superman 78, so yeah, about 77. Of course you know that off the top of your head. Of course you do. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh dear. It wouldn't be me if I didn't. It wouldn't be me if I didn't. So yes, Batman Day. How about Batman Day? And also Harley Quinn had her birthday and she's overtaken Batman Day. All the all the free specials that are gonna are, are all sort of Harley Quinn inspired. Which I'm not I'm not adverse to, but it's like, come on, twenty five versus seventy six. Like, well yeah, but I think I think the point is that we're not gonna celebrate her again next year because she's still so young. Yeah. It's just because twenty five's kind of a, a staple yeah. number. It's a landmark year, so we'll, we'll give her some spotlight. That said, if we're ce- celebrating her 26th next year, and we ignored Batgirl's 50th like last year, I'll start complaining then. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's when I'll have something to say about it. Yeah. But right now, whatever. It's no big deal. Uh, so yeah, uh, what are we talking about this week? We have we have books. We have, uh, of course, the first of the one-shots for Metal. We have Batman the Red Death, number one. We also have the next chapter in Gotham Resistance, which is Nightwing 29. And then on top of that, of course, are regular books of Batman 31, Superman 31, Green Arrow 31, Green Lanterns 31. I'm almost looking forward to Green Arrow going single shipping just to break up that 
that sequence of four of the same number every time mm-hmm. we get to one of these weeks. Uh, we also have Batwoman number seven, Super Sons number eight, and Aquaman number 28. So that's what's coming up uh, this week on the show. So, um, uh, a little bit of news first, actually. Uh, not much. The World Solicits this week. Um, in the interest of not bogging down the start of the show, I just cherry-picked a couple of things that I thought were a bit more interesting. All the big stuff was last week, because they always make a point of showcasing that before we get to Solicits. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple of things. Uh, I pulled out two part ones that I thought sounded a bit more interesting than some of the other ones. Not that the other ones sounded bad. You know, there's plenty of part ones that were coming that sounded good. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, before we get to those, uh, Aquaman number 31, I thought this was notable that the artist was not Cedric anymore. Ricardo uh, Federici is the artist on that issue. Cedric's still doing the cover art. I'm hoping this is just like a sort of one-issue fill-in thing, and then Cedric's going to be back on board for the next arc, but worth, worth monitoring. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Um, so as far as the ones I did take note of in the part ones, I noted down both Batman and The Flash, uh, both not issues 36. Uh, Batman 36 starts an arc called Super Friends. It's only a two-part thing, but it's a Batman and Superman twofer. Um, for so many of the years they've fought together for justice, sometimes they've even fought each other. Now, from the creators of Who Broke Your Heart and The Ballad of Kite Man, meaning that Clayman's uh, doing the art for these two issues, which ain't bad, he's pretty good. Um mm-hmm. Uh, comes the a look at how the flaws of each other's frightens the other into the hope that inspires each other as well. I said that in a really weird way. But uh, yeah, it's a two-part story, Batman and Superman. And I thought you'd like the title Super Friends, so I thought I'd, I'd yeah. pick it out for you. I, I, it's always better when they're friends. I don't like them, you know. It's different if it's in a story and there's some tension over mm. philosophy. So the fact that they're showcasing it, uh, especially after last year, it's it's good. It's a good direction to be headed. What happened last year, Matt? Batman vs. Superman. The thing I don't like to talk about. As in the stupid title. <laughs> could I, it could be Batman slash Superman. No, we had to make him fight. Uh, Flash number 36 starts an art called A Cold Day in Hell. Um, and the cover for not this one, they don't have a. Because sometimes they have the cover for just one of the two issues, but they had the next one. Uh, it's Captain Cold is on the cover, not surprisingly. But uh, part one, when the Riddler. What, sorry, when the Riddler? I cannot read today. What the hell is happening? When one this of guy. the Flash's rogues is murdered inside Iron Heights. Barry Uh-oh. throws himself deeper and <laughs> throws himself deep into the case, still reeling from the turmoil of his personal life. But when the clues begin to reveal an even greater conspiracy at work, the Flash soon discovers Iron Heights' deadliest secret. I like that. Like uh, Iron Heights doesn't get utilized enough anymore. Like it was huge in jo- uh, Johns's run. It's been a while. And, yeah, so it's, it's been kind of like they reference it, and uh, during the first Rebirth arc, we got to see it here and there. But now it's an actual place, kind of like Arkham, so it's yeah. always fun. Yeah, it's been a while since they've used it heavily. So, yeah, it'll be nice to actually have something that comes out of that place once in a while. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, you can go years without doing an Arkham story, but it's always nice to come back to Arkham and do mm-hmm. a, an Arkham-centric story. But, uh, no, so that's good. I just wanted to cherry-pick those two, because those, those both sounded kind of uh, interesting mm-hmm. uh, and mention the artist, the possible artist change on Aquaman. may just be one issue, though. So, yeah, we'll get into the books. I see no reason in... Dilly Dallying. Nope. Matt's not a fan of Dilly Dallying. No, I'm not. I like the Flash that way. Let's move along. Actually, that that could be my catchphrase. Just move along. Uh, The Flash is always late, though, so I don't don't know if that that works. 
Maybe no, it, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm always early, and then people think I'm weird for being early, not late. Maybe that shows the intent, though. Maybe it's like, I want to keep moving along, but I'm usually the one responsible for not moving along. That oddly kind of works for you, actually. Kind of. Alright, so we'll start talking about this week's books. Uh, we will get started with Batman the Red Death, number one, Joshua Williamson writing, and Carman Di Giadomenico on art. Uh, so, so it's the Flash team. Well, one of the Flash writers with the, the obviously the uh, well, the Flash writer with one of the Flash artists. <laughs> there you go, man. I don't, I don't know what's don't, happening today. Sure, don't, you don't need another long nap. That's the thing. I had the best night's sleep last night that I've had in weeks, and for some reason, I think it's actually made me worse because it, my body's not yeah. used to being this well rested. It's weird. Yeah, your body's rebelling. It's like no, yes. treat me bad again. Yeah, this weird S and M thing with your body. It wants to be, be punished. Yeah. <laughs> Man. The fanfic makes itself. Speaking of Punish, the Red Death. The Red Death, indeed. This is the, the Flash version of Dark Batman. And we didn't know what these were going to be, really. I, mean, I kind of assumed there were going to be origin stories for how th- that these yeah. Dark Batman came to be. But we didn't really I know got... how or why or... No, and from what my understanding was from Metal, was that there was a Dark Multiverse. Hmm. And that that's where these Batman were coming from. These Dark Knights, if you will. And here, from right at the get point, we start in the multiverse, and it's Earth-52. So that threw me for a loop at first, because, like, the first issue of Metal makes such a big deal of of it being the underside of the map. I think think it's kind of Earth-52, and I'll get get to what I mean by that. Because... So so basically, what this issue sets up... And I I love this issue, by the way. This was a great one-shot. Uh... D- I disagree, but more on that later. Oh my, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. I know, I was I was way into this issue for a bunch of reasons. But one of the things that I think this sets up that I actually really like is because I think up until now, like okay, there's the idea of this dark multiverse. Okay, it's just another multiverse that's darker. <laughs> like that's that was basically the idea. But this issue kind of sets up the idea that the dark, the dark multiverse is kind of the kind of the classic idea of what a parallel universe is. You know that idea that, uh, like, for every decision you make, the universe splits in two, and there's a universe where you right. made the yes option, there's a universe where you made the no option. Right. The dark multiverse seems to be, at least from this issue, what I'm garnering, is that, so our heroes typically make the good choices, right? Because they're the heroes, mm-hmm. they're Batman and Superman, they make the right choices. The dark multiverse is where they made the bad choice. And what we learn here is that those universes aren't made to last. Those Earths actually have like a timer on them because they're kind of the, right. the wrong choice. They're not the the real one. So what's happening in this Earth is that it's starting to crumble. Like Batman's Gotham and his world's starting to like, uh, you know, it's crisis. It's red skies. Like it's, it's coming for him. It's, mm-hmm. it's dying time. And he he's in a desperate attempt to try and save everyone. So he's trying to steal the Flash's speed force so he has the speed to go around and stop everything and save everyone. Which, which is both very Batman and very not Batman at the same time. It's wonderful. And so so I kind of like this idea that the Dark Multiverse is all the the incorrect choices. So if, if it's all like... If, if the Dark Multiverse is all created from Batman's wrong choices, like, oh, this is what he did in all the wrong situations. And that's why the other characters, at least in this one that we see... You know, it's still the Flash. It's still Barry. It's still this right. Flash from, you know, this Earth. Uh but so no, I like that idea. But but if that's the case, then how would that impact Barry? If if this is a world where they've made or a multiverse where they've made all the wrong choices, is it just Bruce then that made all the wrong choices? 
or did it affect Barry that way? Like, I need I, rules. If we're gonna denote that this is a separate Earth, I need to know how it's different than our Earth. Besides, just that Batman made all the wrong choices. You know? Well, no, 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 no. Not all the wrong choices. Every every single Batman that we see, every dark Batman comes from a different Earth. Right, but if this is a dark multiverse, this is what my big hang-up on this one is. It opens and it says Earth-52, right? When we jump to the, hmm. the current DC one, it's Earth-0, which we know, right? That, oh, that's yeah, from that, Grant Morrison's multiverse. Yeah, that, so, that, yeah but Matt, that, this Earth that this dark Batman comes from is not our regular Earth. It's from the no, Earth. It's, it's it's one of the multiverse. It's one of the 52. Yes. From Morrison's multiverse map, right? Right. So... So that means it's not part of the Dark Multiverse. No, no, that's just what I'm saying. The the Batman made the wrong choice in Earth-52, and it created the Dark version of Earth-52. Oh, man, see, this is where I don't like this stuff. Why not? What's because, wrong with it? Well, no, just because they, they <laughs> again, they set up, like, just like there's an antimatter universe, right? That, that's where we get mm. anti-monitor from. That's what Original Crisis was. Um, and, and they destroyed the multiverse because he was, I, I forget exactly what, Anti-monitor. It's been a while since I read Crisis, but I forget what his end goal was. But you know, they they established an antimatter universe there. Now they establish as a dark multiverse, and I just it, I need more of that before they start throwing in the different multiverses. Because even as a continuity wonk like myself, it's a lot to take in. Oh, and it so, is. I, I I don't think you have to worry about understanding it all right away. Mm, I don't know. I feel like I need to. No, you, you don't. This, I think this is a personal I, problem for you, is that if you don't understand it after this one issue where it's brought up the idea, you feel like it's doing something wrong, and I don't think that's necessarily true. We have, just, we, uh, this is the first of, what, like six, seven one-shots doing all this yeah, stuff? Yeah, but, but, but again, they're one-shots. They're, not, they're, they're serving the main story of Metal, and it's not gelling with what originally Metal has told us in these two issues. You know? How's it not gelling? What, what, what did Metal tell us that doesn't work with us? So with the Dark Multiverse, so that means the man who laughs, right? Is he coming from that underside? Yeah. And that's what's infecting everything. Then then how is this the... Like... So all, all the Batman, right? All the Bruce Waynes are supposed to be these this portal from Arbitos. Correct. All of them? I don't, or, if, I don't know if all of them are. I think it's just our one right. that's the portal. Then what was it about the Earth Zero one that made it? Because this guy is Bruce Wayne. So why? It seems like this Bruce Wayne is much more primed to become the the portal for Barbatos, right? Which one? Which, what, what? Earth 52. Right. Earth 52 Batman. Earth 52 Seemed Batman, much more right. primed to be the host for, or the portal for Barbatos, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a lot closer to the Dark Realm. So, why did you need Earth Zeros? This is what I'm thinking as I'm reading. Going, well, why... Besides having a Dark Flash Batman, <laughs> but, what does this serve the story? But you're thinking something I don't think anyone intended you to think. Or... or, or I don't... I have no answer to the question because it never even popped yeah. into my head. I don't care. That's, but see, that's that's how I'm looking at it. Again, going through <laughs> what they've set up. This is where my brain goes to as I'm reading I, and I'm going... But it's the thing. Uh, all, all they've set up that there's a dark multiverse. They didn't know anything more about it when Metal... When, when Kendra explained it and talked about the dark multiverse. Right, but we, we've gotten more from that since. 
Okay, in, in two issues. Yeah, but what have we had that's contradicted this this new information? That this uh, is where, uh, what creates the, the worlds in Dark Multiverse. Well, we don't have any of that, but I'm saying, why is Earth Zero Batman the, the portal when Earth 52 Batman could have been? Like, so when, when I heard about these Dark Knights, I assume they're coming from the Dark Multiverse. They are coming from the Dark Multiverse. But Earth 52 is part of the Multiverse. It's not part of the Dark Multiverse. <sighs> Maybe, maybe they aren't coming from the Dark Multiverse then. Maybe that's just a, an assumption on right. our part that's not right. Right. So I could have been a little bit more clear on that because where did the man who laughs come from then? Is he the only Dark Multiverse Batman? I actually, I actually have, a, seems... I have a theory in this. Matt, honestly, okay. I think you're getting wound up over things you don't know that they might still be getting to. And that feels really I, weird I hope, to me. I hope I, I, that's I, the case. I, th- I think you're jumping the gun on things that they've not, they've not got to yet. Just, and some of them they might not, but... But when it comes to the Flash and multiverses, you kind of want that story that's going to be a little bit more definitive versus leaving all the stuff hanging, at least for me. Because he's the one hero that's so tied, even through the rest of pop culture, like the Flash TV show. He deals with the multiverse almost, well, not more than the Legends of Tomorrow, but because that's the whole point of that show. But like, it's through him that we found out all of these. And he's the sure. original hero that died in the... You know, crisis. But here's the thing, Matt. I'm not necessarily convinced that actually is Earth 52 that's in this book. I think it's the dark version of Earth 52 that's in this book because it's it's, dis- it's getting destroyed. And they they but say Earth in the 50- book they say in the oh. book that the the dark universes, the dark Earths get destroyed because they're not meant to last. So it's clearly telling us that this is a dark multiverse place, not not actually Earth 52, right? And they should have been. Then they should have done a better job at differentiating because when I heard Earth 52, and they've given us the multiverse map. That is where my brain's going, is to Earth-52 in the multiverse, not dark multiverse Earth-52. Well, no, but I think the point is is that it comes from Earth-52. Like, Earth, Earth starts at Earth-52, <sighs> but then, then a choice was made that created the splinter, and it went to the dark place. This is why I don't get into quantum mechanics. This is why I stayed away from Hickman do, stuff. Uh, do, do you know what bugs me about this? Is that I never even thought any of this was a problem while reading it, and then you come with me with all these bullshit questions that I cannot it's explain. Not, no, it's not bullshit. It's, this <laughs> is, again, this isn't me thinking about it all week. This is my initial... This is my first read this week, right? Wednesday right. pops in. This is the first thing I read. It's Josh Williamson, who I love. There hasn't been anything from Williamson that I've read I haven't enjoyed. <sighs> all right? So big stakes here. And then I read this and to be honest, I don't enjoy his take on Batman. I didn't like I didn't like that image of, of Batman with all of the rogues stuff. I didn't like the, the the Batmobile cosmic treadmill. I was like it was just too much. And Okay, the, the they're concept- setting it with fifty two. Hold on. They're setting it in Earth fifty two, so this is supposed to be a heroic like, so this is all I'm reading is like, oh, this is just the Batman who snapped. And now, because he's Batman, he does everything better than the Flash's rogues and even the Flash himself, you know, because he's willing to take that step. And I'm just like, eh. There are parts I did enjoy. I do enjoy uh, Barry because, again, Williamson gets Barry. And as as they conjoin at the end of the thing, uh, the end of the issue, I'm so the end of the thing. You've moved on to the next time to let me rebut anything you just said. Uh-huh. Right, hold on, hold on. Right, hold on. I don't know, I've forgotten what you said now because you kept going. 
<laughs> Tell the shotgun that to Pete. You need, you need to pause and let me actually respond to your first statements. <laughs> yes, the first statement. I didn't enjoy Williamson's take on Batman. Okay, right. Relatively fair, to a point, right? Mm-hmm. You don't like the Batman, the Batmobile tread, cosmic treadmill no. combination, right? Fine, right? If you don't like that concept, then fine. Like, I can't, I can't, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was over the top. I don't have a problem with it, but um, I especially love the page of when he actually, you know, hits breaking point and it's all those panels on, a, on yeah. the, the slant and they're going into the light before the fuse. G- good stuff. Yeah. But, um, as for the characterization being off, that's kind of the point is this is Batman post the well, change. Well, this char- is. Yeah, not if the character is being changed, because we get why he's on dark. I just, I, and this is my my own bias, I hate the concept that all Batman has to do is make a decision, and he can do it. So there's no struggle there. There's no, there's no struggle with him taking out the rogues one by one, who, these are villains that Barry's dealt with his entire career. Well, hold but on Batman a second, hold on, oh, Matt, Matt take you, him out. you're making a lot of assumptions here. You're making a shit ton of I'm, assumptions here. Matt, I'm we've not seen what they've given us in Matt, the issue. Matt, we've not seen how he took out the rogues. We're not even seeing that he took them out at all. Does he even say he did that? Yeah, go go back and read it. I reread it this morning. Okay, sure. So even if it says... He t- says that he he did what, what the Flash was unable to do because he's okay, not... Alright, f- fair enough. But we don't see how he did it. We don't see how long it took him. We don't, we don't see what his methods are. Like, it just... I don't know. Like... What? The, the, but by the, the surprise of Barry, though, as this is going on, seems like it's happened pretty quick. Because if this is something that Batman's been doing, especially with the Flash and how close he is with the Rogues, he would have picked up on something. He is a police scientist. Like that was the whole point of the button. Ah, is that's, that's, that's just conjecture to me, Matt. I'm sorry. I'm not getting any of this. This feels yeah. like, for some reason, some of this has rubbed you the wrong way, right? And some of it I get, but. Yeah. It feels like you're looking for I don't know like the the book's not about that though it's just kind of the setup it's just saying this has happened this is where we're start- we're jumping into right. this world we've not been in here here's what's happening right now here's the status quo but this see, is right now this I'm is right at the end this is where every single one of these are going to be going that it's it's an army of Batman that do things and they were able to achieve all these things simply because because they're just giving us the origin and like. That's not interesting to me as as a comic reader. Like I, I'm looking more forward to like the Aquaman one was at the drowned because mm-hmm. that's a that's a woman character. Like there's that really can't be Bruce Wayne. So oh, of course not. I'm I'm open there. I just the fact that this was Bruce Wayne and the Flash and everything was very familiar, I just I didn't enjoy it. I loved it. That was a great one shot. Yeah. This was great. There were things I, I, I liked in I, there. I, I liked loved, when he gets. Uh, sorry, Go I was. Ahead. I was gonna say I love all the big cosmic stuff. I love seeing all the Earths and the multiverse. I love the the talk of the dark multiverse. Of course, where it goes once they actually fuse together, uh, we go to this this world's Gotham, and it is the red skies. The the planet is getting destroyed. It's crumbling, and that that's you know that's when uh, Batman who laughs shows up and says, "Hey, this world wasn't meant." wasn't built to last but what if i told you there was a world ups you know on the upside you know if this is the upside down to borrow a, a phrase from stranger things um, right yeah there, there's some there's a world up there that you can take and it can be yours and that's where we lead to sort of the final chunk of the book because it's, it's kind of split into thirds it's kind of like the, the batman flash merger mm-hmm. and then it's him taking you know care of gotham uh you know taking out Scare- scarecrow who's there and then it's you know he's in our world and he goes to central city which now it's worth mentioning that 
once they've merged, Flash is still in there. Like as he's as we're getting the narration, yeah. we can see Flash's like thoughts, like kind of trying to break through, and he's not quite getting there. There's like one small moment where it's like uh, Batman or uh, Red Death Batman, kind of like his attention breaks a little bit. Like he you can see that he's actually hearing him a little, but otherwise right. he's like he's trying to break through. But so Barry's witnessing all this. Barry from this Earth is seeing all this awful things happening. Every everything that Red Death is doing, he is witnessing to. Um, but he goes into Central City and he runs into Iris and Wally and Wally um, like get, goes all old that we saw Superman and Wonder Woman doing and Metal Issue 2 and then or Barry shows up to try and fight Red Death and he starts to go old he, he can't run and so on and so on um, and that's where we get this little sort of this uh, out of nowhere surprise where it looks like Doctor Fate pulls him out of harm's way right before yeah. right before it, it's definitely Doctor Fate yeah. he's on the onk yeah. Which is cool because we know that they'll they'll be playing in. We saw that in Metal Two, because mm. uh, they're they're affected because his whole helm is made from anti metal. Yeah, I mean, so, so obviously we, we were teased him uh, back in one of the yeah you know, the, the prelude issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was. It was the Forge or the Casting, but one one of those two had had fate uh, mentioned in it. Um, also, I love the effect that when uh, Red Death runs, it's like little bats that are around them. Right, the Speed Force. I, I thought yeah. it was a really cool idea. That was a really interesting. They also. Effect. The, the poetry of Earth-52, when, when Barry gets taken out with the Victor Freeze stuff, mm. uh, it's it's because of his compassion. And then when that flips and the Red Death has Barry, he, you know, Barry tells him it's because of, it can't be Bruce because of, you know, Bruce's compassion. So I thought that was a nice moment. There yeah, no, it is. Uh, and the uh, art, though, the art is fantastic. Like, oh, yeah, that was great. But that's yeah. Gia Domenico, like... I just expect it anymore. We're kind of spoiled on Flash by him. And I, and I don't know people that don't like him and it doesn't gel with me. They think that it's too sketchy. And I like sketchy bad, but like too of that sketched out style. I mean, it's, a, it's a taste thing. Like some people, they'll just I, don't, they won't like his style and that's, that's fine. I much prefer his sketchy style to like a clean Brett Booth style. You know, like... I mean, there, we, hate, we, we pretty much are all in agreement. We hate JRJR, uh, JR, but some people love his... Yeah art so so you know art is relatively subjective in terms of you know Mm -hmm. i mean all arts relatively subjective but drawing especially can be very just down to taste um and i love the way the red skies world looks you know the the, this this dark earth 52 you know gotham's crumbling first page was a nice little prelude too i really like that first page at at the end as well you see the 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 red death bat like sort of signal in the sky you see all these earths Mm -hmm. crumbling and you have a uh, uh, Batman who laughs narrating at the end again, and he's talking about how it just takes one bad bad day, but if it just takes one bad day to kill a world, what about one bad week that could kill a multiverse? Mm-hmm. Now, I want to, first of all, that's a nice sort of tease because because this is the first one. It's just you know hyping up the like how severe this could get uh, throughout the story. I like that it's not taking itself too seriously, and it is doing these big wacky things like you know cosmic treadmill Batmobiles and whatnot. But I want, to, I want to pinpoint... Matt's shaking his head at me for the audio people. Yeah. Uh, he's really not impressed. But one thing I want to point out here, I've, I've got a little guess I want to throw in the in the, in the the ring here about the origin of the, the Batman Who Laughs. Yes, please go. I'm looking for that page, so I'm not, I'm not trying to be distracted. It's the last I'm page. Looking for that, not that page. Oh, right, there's another page where where the man who laughs had said something. So okay, go ahead, cool. I'm, I'm looking for this. Um, I think it's a double page spread you're looking for. In the middle. No, no, no. It's at the end of the first page where he says, it's all oh. one big cosmic joke. 
except no one on this side is laughing. So I feel like that the whole dark multiverse isn't what it seems mm. there. But go go on with the man who laughs. Yeah. So yeah. So I think the man who laughs. As just a guess, it's based on that one bad day line. Because if I remember correctly, there's a line like that in the Killing Joke. Yep. I think the Batman who laughs is the Batman from the Killing Joke that made the choice at the end to kill the Joker. Now that could be completely. I, you know, I, I could see that. Yeah. So we got to look at that. Morrison was kind of the one that put that out there. That's how he had always read the yeah the. That the killing joke, and he pointed it out on Kevin Smith's podcast because of the way that the light goes, right? And the light goes out, and and uh, Alan Moore was, you know, such a great writer that nothing happens just because, like, there's purpose behind everything, and that was always meant to be an Elseworld story until they made Barbara Gordon, you know, in the wheelchair and made her Oracle. Yeah, so we uh, couldn't have that ending if it's in it, continuity. Exactly. So the fact, like, I could see that Snyder is playing with that idea, like, it is just that one bad day. Yeah, because given what I've just said, how or what we were talking about with the book saying that the, the dark multiverse is just the, the it's worlds created from the bad choices that certain characters make, and they don't mm-hmm. last for long. And that's why this Batman who laughs is like recruiting all these people. It's like, yeah, no one's laughing on this side because we're not made to last because we. And so the idea that. The main one, the, the the worst of the worst, the one who's recruiting the rest of them is the Batman who made his choice to break the rule and kill the Joker. That that's the one who's right. at the centre of it all. That that idea fascinates me. I think that's a a great choice. Um, and that, yeah. And so, that, and when he says that the choice to kill the multiverse, I feel that that's the joke. Is like he's bringing death and destruction to the multiverse. So now, through conversation, if that is Earth fifty two, and that's the beachhead of the assault like if this was the first then he's bringing that darkness to earth 52 because it was already primed for darkness Mm, right Mm. all right so that that can make it a little bit better i still there's a lot that i didn't like but that solves my my storyline dark multiverse i just when we start getting to these big things it's kind of why i tend to stay away from morrison's other stuff and his more grounded <laughs> stuff I enjoy. Because we start getting into split universes and like my limit is on fifty two. It, it, it's, like it's, it's just fun you to know? theorize for me. And I I I if we're going with this idea that the core Batman the Batman who laughs is like the worst of the worst because he's the one who made the choice to kill. So the idea that we're taking that famous Batman story and the one who made the bat because uh, what I love about it is it doesn't devalue our versions of our heroes because the idea is that our heroes made all the right choices. They, they are who they are mm-hmm. because of those choices. But because of the way this dark multiverse works is that every time they've made one of those right choices, there's a, a temporary universe where they didn't make that right choice. Right. But it's not the real one, which is why it's destined to die. And the idea that those bad versions want to fight back because they don't want to be erased. is that, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty cool idea. But Yeah, no, that is a cool idea. And, and I like that. I just... I'm looking through the the Earths, and if they're gonna do this for each one, you know, or or is or is the the murder machine gonna be its own thing? Like they're gonna set up a different form. Yeah, as it is. Like I say, I think because he's recruiting people who are going to be erased, and he's using that as a motivation. I think it's the dark version of those Earths. It's not the regular versions, as it were. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I just, have they not put Earth 52? Have they just put Dark Multiverse? Actually, I don't think it would have been a problem actually, for me. To, to get uh, to the point, actually, I don't. You said it's just Batman making the bad choices. I don't think it is. I think that this dark version of Earth 52, I think someone made a bad choice. It could have been anyone on the planet, and that resulted in well, this version of the Earth, right? No, wait, wait, well, the, So, yeah. this alternate version, this dark version of the Earth, was created because someone made a bad choice. And because it's the bad multiverse, uh, the bad Earth, right, it's the one that's destined to die. That's why it's dying, and that's why Batman's going to some, some extreme lens to save it. And that's when, you know, Batman Who Laughs shows up and is like, oh, this world was destined to die. You, you can never save it because right. this is the wrong version. So I don't actually think it's Batman himself who has to make the wrong choices. I think it could be anyone. But we see him standing over the four graves who we can assume are the four Robins. Oh, and sure. And yeah. Alfred's walking away with a cane. So there's been some time. You oh, know, yeah. If you look at that, that art, you know, so that's why, Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that could just be this Earth's history rather than specifically because it's dark multiverse. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, we'll get into that minutia in in metal. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully I, we get to that. I am surprised you're so down in this. I thought this was, <laughs> I was I was way into. Well, this. yeah, I was expecting. I was because I love Williamson. He's one of my favorite writers at DC, and throughout his indie work, I, again, there hasn't been anything of his that I haven't enjoyed. So. You know, from Nailbiter to Birthright, and he even did a Haunted Mansion miniseries that de- definitely geared more towards kids because it's a Disney line. But it was he did his homework, and as a big Disney fan like I am, it was cool to see all that stuff play out. So I had really high expectations for this, more so than like if I go into the Superman one, the Devastator, or even Murder Machine, you know. And it just high expectations and didn't quite deliver. And I hear all these people like, yeah, it was so cool, and I was just like, was it? Like, it gave me the, the shutters. Well, I liked it a lot. I liked the art. I liked the, the foreboding sense of doom. Uh, I liked the big ideas it was playing with. And yeah, I don't think it's insanely clear right now, but I think I think there will be an element of this that ties through all the one-shots. Because, because you have the Batman Who Laughs opening and closing with the narration, mm-hmm. I feel like he'll probably yeah. do that for all the books. And that will mm-hmm. give us some sort of overall kind of... Just sort of bridging kind of... Not story, but just maybe tie more information into what's going on a little bit by piece by piece as we go. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, on top of that, main issues of the, the event. The, but between the stuff that we got in Teen Titans last week with, with the Batman Who Laughs and the Nightwing this week and now this, he's looking to be like one of the creepiest characters I think ever created for DC Comics. Yeah, he, he could end up being one of the the, the, the iconic villains that we talk about, you know, years from now, yeah. like the Batman who laughs, like that, that could end up being yeah. a really big thing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're building them up right. They're, they're really put, you know, yeah, proper build. I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, so no, I, again, I'll just echo the sentiments about the art and yeah, like I say that that page where it's all the it's almost like a wall of TV screens, but it's also you know at an angle as it's going into the bright light and it's fading away and Barry's pleading with Bruce to try, you know. Uh, there's always hope, Bruce. There's always hope, and but in this world, there is no hope because it's the dark multiverse. And so I don't know. I, I think that's a, I think that's interesting ideas, interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll move on. Uh, sticking with metal, though, we have uh, the crossover, uh, second part of the crossover, Gotham Resistance, uh, Nightwing number twenty nine, Tim Seeley writing, uh, Paul Poliatier or Poliatier on art. Um, Poliatier. Yeah, I, I can't read today. Um, yeah, so this is the second part of Gotham Resistance. This is. Uh, Robin, Green Arrow, Nightwing, uh, Croc and Harley in the second ring of the the big sort of maze leading to the mountain. 
This is the Mr. Freeze controlled zone. And they run into Nightwing, who wasn't in the previous area, and he's got his, uh, mm-hmm. his thermal Nightwing suit on the Batman made for him. And they're dealing with ice monsters and all sorts of shenanigans. And Harley's looking at Nightwing's butt, and she's enjoying the view. And this... it's almost that's how she knows it's him because of that. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, very possibly. Uh, I like see, I like Harley in small doses like this uh, when she's not the main focus. I think she's fine. I don't know if that's my own type of bias, but yeah, uh, I guess Deadpool's the same way though. Like if you start making him the focus of everything, he loses his. What makes him special? Yeah, better. better and here, better a team book. But better as a team yeah. ensemble. Well, well, her her with Croc, I think, is a fun pairing. You know, it's like a an alternate Beauty and the Beast kind of deal. Except they're not in love, and they're both kind of monstrous. But you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the big thing here is they end up finding uh, this arsenal from the court halls. Yeah. Uh, that's there, and like, Nightwing starts like all this theorizing because the court owls once wanted him to be a Talon and all the rest of it, and they he's like worried, like, you know, if Batman's the doorway, am I like connected to this as well? Am I intended to be the weapon, kind yeah. of thing? And uh, so no, uh, there's some fun big moments. Mister Freeze with his big sword and his ice monsters, because again, uh, the Batman who laughs is giving each of the villains like extra power. He's, he's giving them these cards that let yeah. them manipulate reality so, and create things. Which I. Th- I think it's fun to give us a peek at what's in Mr. Freeze's brain. Like, mm. he decided to make this frozen wasteland with ice monsters and, like, barbarian weapons. I was like, was that dude a D&D player before? Like, It's funny you mentioned D&D, because there's a D&D reference yeah. in this book. Yeah? Because the first yeah. big ice monster they're fighting, they, they, they lure it onto the, the railway track, and yep. the train takes it out, and Harley shouts out, you rolled a natural 20. Natural 20. And Oliver's like, I'm going to pretend I didn't get that reference. Yeah. You did, you big nerd. You did. Yeah, exactly. Well, he is. Ollie's the ultimate nerd that made good, and he wants to forget all about that because he was Mr. Rich Playboy, but you know when he was by himself in Queen Manor? He was he was dungeon mastering for nobody. He was just making <laughs> stories. Probably. Because... Um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, a natural twenty in Dungeons and Dragons with a dice is a critical hit. Just, just for the record, yeah. just in case anyone. Doesn't well, and know. it's so, so yeah. You have a, a twenty-sided die, and from that, with your abilities of your character, let's say you roll a ten, but you have an automatic plus eight on that ability. You turn that ten into an eighteen. But if you roll a natural twenty, that's on the twenty-sided die. That's just right there. That solves all your problems. That's a crit, yeah. So, that's, that's what I crit. Cause, yeah, because like, if you have 15, but you've got a modifier of plus 5, and that makes yep. 20, I mean, it gives you a value of 20, but it's not a crit. Yeah. No. Exactly. So natural 20 is your, your crit. I didn't, I didn't right. intend to explain that as in depth as we did, but yeah. Yeah, it's, to, it's fun. I, you know, as someone that's always read comics, but in the last couple of years got into role-playing games through friends at my comic shop. Mm. It really, they really go hand in hand sometimes. So I'm glad that through like stranger things and I'm trying to think some of the other eighties stuff that's come out, but Dungeons and Dragons has kind of had this Renaissance. Yeah. I'd, and... I'd, I'd love to get into role-playing games, but yeah. t- time's a factor of course, but also you time need, is a, you need, a major factor. You need a group as well. You really need the people who know what they're doing to like usher you into it and, kind of gauge you and whatnot um so we actually cut back as well to the teen titans who are still fighting uh on the sort of outer rim of the the sort of the circles and uh the rest of the suicide squad show up and they end up uh you know having a bit of banter and i actually i appreciated when when uh raven calls enchantress her elder goth i thought that was a a cute little line um 
But obviously all the demon zombie robins attack and they all start flying and they all, they're all shouting crow, crow, crow. Um, and I love Beast Boys. Like, oh, it's my worst nightmare, an army of robins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, and I'm glad because we knew that this is all a crossover tie-in. Mm. I'm glad that they didn't forget about the Titans in the I, Nightwing issue. Honestly, I thought they might. I thought I thought so when, I. when Robin left them behind <clears throat> in Teen Titans, I thought we might never see them again. Yep. And, and the crossover, not forever. But, but Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Although, I mean, the way this ends, not, not, not good for the Titans nor the squad. No, no, not for now, no, no. But it should lead to an interesting showdown uh, come the 4th. Yeah part of this this book because we end with this yeah. big cliffhanger that um the, the leader of the robin is presumably the damien although we're, we're yep. kind of guessing that because they all look kind of similar to be honest but they all look similar but at the same time he's dressed a little bit differently and he mm. has some of damien's mannerisms so like if the batman who laughs actually had a son this is probably along those lines because the, the costume is very similar to the batman who laughs versus the the other robins yeah, um, so no, so so it sets up that, and so all all of the Teen Titans who were left behind, they've all and the Suicide Squad, they've all been taken over, and are now like zombie army drones for for the Robins, yep. the Dark Robins. Uh, so the other thing, of course, is that Dick is somewhat connected because the, the cut in his head that he got from uh, Doctor Hurt, Doctor Hurt, uh, that's that's reappeared ever since the uh, he, he mentions like, ever since we left the Justice League in the in the in the forest in the jungle, and. It's been like acting up and giving him like pain, and like he's been seeing visions of things. And he actually, towards the end of the issue, he, he gets visions of what happened in Metal Issue too, stuff that he wasn't there for when when right. Batman disappeared and Superman and Wonder Woman got attacked. And I do like the idea that he's so close to Batman that he's also important in this. Like he is like, the next mm-hmm. one in that that line of succession. Like he he has a factor yeah. in this. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, but it's setting up that he yeah, he he does have uh, a connection to stuff. Um, but yeah, so we have a big cliffhanger, uh, the Titans. So you, you enjoyed the last part of this crossover, did you like this one? Oh yeah, I definitely enjoyed this one. This was a lot of fun with all the stuff that tied Dick back to the the uh, Snyder run with him being a prospective Talon because he had the Electrum in his teeth that Batman knocks out. Yeah, and... I like uh, I like I like that they actually reference the whole circles of hell thing. Like you know, uh, yeah. Oliver even brings it up. Mister Freeze brings it up as well, because mm-hmm. uh, Mister Freeze. Ah, and at the bottom there's a lake of ice, and that's when he comes out with yeah. his his big ice sword and ice monsters. So no, yeah. uh, and, and and we get all of the heroes wielding like barbarian weapons, which is always a cool visual for oh, me. Oh yeah, Har- so. Har- Harley's very excited to get all these like nth metal and whatever you know maybe it's not all mm-hmm. nth maybe it's the different types of metal that we're yeah. talking about but they, they come out wielding like she's got a big metal hammer and yeah. you know the others have got you know metal crossbow and or arch right you know i mean bow a bow not, not crossbow it's a regular bow <laughs> yeah you know what i mean i gotcha and and i like to tie back to dr hurt because it, it feels like you know casili wrote this one so he can he wrote that it's an easy bridge and I, I like that it feels like that had more of a purpose than just him and uh, uh, Sean. I almost called her the facer, but I don't want to call her by her, her regular name. Um, because Actually, it did. It, it, it showed him his potential and in, in things that could go wrong. And here it, it set him up to kind of be not a mirror, but like a, a, I don't want to say a monitor either because it's too cheesy. But you know what I mean? Like he's... He's getting information that he shouldn't have because of that. 
Yeah, like maybe they, maybe they didn't expect like no one expects him to get these these images, but yeah. he is because he was cut by that knife. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's right. an interesting interesting idea. Uh, one the one final thing I want to mention actually. Uh, oh, before we talk a little bit about the art, I suppose. But the, the one th- final thing, story wise, I want to mention is I, I did get the feels when you know Robin's like we should look for Batman, we should look for Batman. Uh, mm. Dick's like, hey, we've been in this position before when he's been missing and it's been me and you. And you know what? We got to him in the end, and he gives him a hug. And I was like, oh man, oh. the the feels reference referencing yep. their time as Batman and Robin always always hits for me. Uh, so I was, I was yep. into it. I, I think basically what this crossover is doing is it's the fun action movie, very simple compared to you know metal's pretty out there. Uh, the one shots, yep. at least from that first one we just did, seems to be you know balls to the walls out oh, there, yeah. big concepts. Whereas this is like no no. We're going through video game levels that are all different themed. Yeah. Like we had the Ace one, we had the we had the Riddler Maze one, and we're getting to the center. We're getting to the final boss. And I'm I'm getting simple. I'm a little disappointed though that the IV one takes place in Suicide Squad because just because it means Rob Williams is writing it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, not that there's anything wrong. I just I'm gonna pick it up anyways because I'm a completionist. And well, yeah, and I also this like is having money. And also, like, you couldn't skip it anyway. Like this is this is a following no. on story. Like uh, yeah, but I just wish that maybe it was in part four that was the IV issue instead of part three. But who's the what you gonna do? Who's the fourth one? Is it Bane? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember Bane from the, the last issue. I was just wondering if it was uh it was him. It was the the final one. Yeah. Alright, that's cool. Uh, so no. Uh, so no. This is the fun part of the crossover. Whereas, I mean, they're all fun. Actually, I think I want to compliment Metal in general. For as big and crazy and as dark as it's get, because it is a very dark kind of foreboding kind of tone, is it's never yeah. really lost the sense that they're just having kind of fun with it. Like it's like yeah, it's dark, but don't take it too seriously. We're we're having a blast. Real quick, I want to amend what I said about uh, Suicide Squad because yeah, it might be Rob Williams, but you know who's doing the art? Oh, who's doing the art? Uh, how do you pronounce it from Aquaman? Cedric. Cedric. Just say Cedric. 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 Okay, so, well, it's going to be a beautiful book anyway. I just pulled up that cover, and I'm pretty much in love with this Poison Ivy. So Okay. Uh, yeah. And it's going to, you know, it'll probably be Harley-centric, considering... For, for, for the, the record, just in case you're curious, Matt, I mean, not, not that I think you've got a depraved mind or anything, but I know Cedric <laughs> has done some uh, not-suitable-for-work uh, pin-ups of some of these characters, yep. if you wanted to go and uh, seek those I, out. I know, how to, I know how to work Google. I've, I've seen yeah. them. <laughs> I was just making sure. I was just making sure. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you can tell behind me, I have a, I have a, uh, a Ivy pinup from a not a local artist, but he's at every con, you know, right behind me over here. So, you know, I seek that stuff out. But yeah, this cover is pretty glorious. Uh, speaking um, of art, just just to wrap up uh, Nightwing here, I, I thought the art was it was fine. I could, it didn't bother me. I don't think it was no. as nice as the the Teen Titans from last week though, it, because it's the no. same story. I noticed that the sort of the, this, this felt just a bit simpler, a bit more kind of basic mm-hmm. compared to it. Uh, that cover though, that cover is pretty dope. Cover, yeah, cover's nice. Does the cover the same yeah. artist though? No, I'm yeah. looking it up right now. No, it was uh, Cedric that was the cover because we went over that last week. Oh, so, sure. Um, yeah, of course. That's why it's a fantastic cover. There you, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I like Pelletier a lot. He has that basic comic book. Oh like, yeah. A lot of people call it a house style. You know, I don't use that as a uh, as what, what's the word when, when it's for bad pejorative. I don't, you know, I loved his work on Aquaman. I don't. 52. Yeah, I, I don't uh, dislike him. It's just that w- when 
it, when he comes in to replace another artist that I like more, I do. It does feel like a step down because it it is kind of straightforward. I guess is the the phrase yeah. I'd, I'd use. Where whereas you know Cedric has a look. It's just a style. Um, you know, yeah. I I don't know who did the art last week uh, on Titans. I can't remember, but uh, yeah. you know, there was just a bit more of a style to it. Whereas here it was like, yeah, it's just you know, but it was fine. Like it was cool. Uh, so yeah. let's move on then. Let's move on to eight. speaking of good art. Uh, Batman thirty one. Yeah. Tom King, Mikel Janin on the art. Uh, so this is the next part of the war, jokes and riddles. Uh, we've come back in after our second Kite Man mm-hmm. uh, interlude, which yeah. comes into play. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, of course. And uh, basically this one, we get a little scene at the start with the Joker uh, kind of tricking someone into... Like, like he basically says, you'll always remember me, and he makes some promise, like, even in a day, even in a second. And then he says a knock-knock yeah. joke, and when he says who, but you said you'd remember me, Blade, Ugh. like dark as shit. Great, love it. Uh, but most of the, the issue then is all kind of around the one thing. It's like, okay, we know where the Joker is thanks to Kite Man from his issue. We yep. need, we need to get in. But there's a bomb uh, wire to go off if anyone gets into the building. So Batman set Catwoman still loves Janin drawing her in that that costume, that classic outfit, the, the classic purple, fantastic. Yep. And Joker sees her, shoots at her. And she falls, and it's just this big dramatic moment. And I like that it cuts to present day because Batman's like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I did that. Uh, I put you in danger." And then she cracks a little innuendo about, "Oh, don't ever apologize for any position you put me in, Bruce." Um, you know. I like that there's some levity because the story's been pretty heavy. Oh, it is. It is. Although this one's actually probably the most uplifting one we've had uh, since it started because. <laughs> See what you did there with uplifting. There you go, because it had yeah. uh, you know it had some kind of uplifting payoff to like some of the darker yeah. stuff. Because last issue we talked a lot about Kite Man giving himself over to Riddler, even though Riddler killed his yeah. son. Like that is really dark and depressing, and Batman having to live with it, he's letting this happen. Yep. Uh, but it turns out like because Riddler's actually like questioning Batman's like, oh, I'm not leaving you alone with Joker. You've got plans within yep. plans. I I know how to outthink you. And it's like okay, right. So the glass isn't triggered to go off the bomb. So we're going to go in. And it's like mm-hmm. yeah, we got Kite Man. <laughs> and Batman, Batman, the sly bugger, he's playing like he doesn't want to. He's like, oh, this is a bad idea. It, it makes yep. Riddler be the one that's, it sounds like he's the one who wants to do it. So they all go in in kites. There's some comedy with uh, Croc not being able to, you know, he's too heavy it, for the kites. Yeah. yeah. So we get that big, great double page spread of all these characters flying in kites. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's Riddler's the- crew. So it's, it's Clayface and. Poison Ivy and Croc and, and Two Face, yeah. Uh, Firefly's there, although Firefly doesn't need a kite because he's Firefly. He no. can fly anyway. He's yeah. good. He's got his wings, jetpack. Uh, I I don't think I was expecting a two page spread of all these characters flying in kites. No, but, pretty cool. Yeah, I was not expecting that. But again, Riddler cracks some lines. He beats up Joker, and it's like, okay. Now we're we've kind of solved this and. Lo and behold, Riddler decides to turn on Batman. He was planning this all along. All of his, all of his goonies yep. are all there. They all turn around. They're pointing their guns at Batman, and that's when he realizes, yeah, plan within a plan. Kite Man developed all those kites, and he modified Firefly's pack there. Uh, hit the button, and all the they all have parachutes that all go out the window, and it drives yep. them all out of the building. It's fantastic. This is a great it, moment. It's basically what Batman did to the Hong Kong banker. Uh, and Dark Knight, yeah, kind of. In the Dark Knight uh, for the quick evac shoot. And that was really cool. Uh, and the whole, I like that Riddler basically waited and he was going to do this in front of Joker just as an extra dig. He's like, yeah, that's right, I won. I even took down Batman. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, did you? It's great character yeah. stuff. And the best part about it, though, is that afterwards... 
Riddler's like, he can't believe that Kite Man led to this, like him failing. Yeah. And he's like, Kite Man? And he's like, Kite Man, hell yeah. And obviously Riddler punches before he can finish right. it. But this, compared to last issue, when the hell yeah was so deflated and it was so yep. in your face, Kite Man. The fact he's that a smirk. Kite Man getting this win, like, you took my son from me, I took your war from you. Your Screw war. you. It's such a fist-pumping hell yeah moment. Literally, yeah. hell yeah. So, <laughs> so remind me, Rooftops is set before all this? Yeah, this is, uh, this is like, I think this is the idea here, is this is them in bed after the proposal, and he's he's telling this story to... Well, no, Rooftops was the, the, the bat and cat stuff, that's where that was introduced, and that's oh, where right, the Kite okay. Man, Hell Man came from. Oh, that's right. So is, yeah. is Kite Man still a joke? Is that present day, or is that before... Is that one of their first adventures? Oh no, K- Kite Man. Kite Man's present day because because they had their uh, current costumes in, in that story. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so he's still kind of a joke, but he still helped you know Batman save yeah. the day. I, I think I think that's why because uh, he says that's the end of Kite Man like, when he gets punched, but I think he just means that's the end of Kite Man in the story. Like you know he's played his yeah. part here. Um, well, I just they kind of set him up to be kind of this anti-hero. Like they had a miniseries. Like if, if Tom King had time. Which we know he doesn't between Batman and Mister Miracle, you know, to do like a Kite Man mini. Hey, maybe I could kind of see it. Maybe, maybe after uh, Mister Miracle's done, he'll do a, a Kite Man. Yeah. Kite Man run. Man. But yeah, it was a really good moment. How much do we care about Kite Man now? Thanks to Tom King, this I is just, insane. It's, and that's <laughs> I almost feel like he he added that hell yeah when that Kite Man hell yeah became kind of like this meme, uh, like. He adapted the story around Kite Man, unless that was his goal from the beginning, which I don't doubt. Yeah, I mean, could uh, be. Because Hi- Kite Man, hell yeah, has become like this thing, and it's throughout comics right now. Most, I think most most people reading comics are now a fan of Kite Man. Like, yeah, they're reading insane. this book. It's it's crazy. It's it's kind of what Bendis did with some and, of those Daredevil villains. Do, do you know what I love about Daredevil. it? It's kind of like it's it's almost like a sort of a like a self-esteem boost it's like yeah he's this goofy yeah. villain who's got a stupid name but he embraces mm-hmm. it and loves who he is it's very empowering yeah. in a really weird way it's, it's kind of cool it is so yeah fair play fair fair play mm-hmm. to him uh mr king you've done it again uh so we, exactly. end, we, we end the issue with batman joker and riddler in the room on their own he's finally got them both together and this is where he, he, he sort of says to catwoman in present day Right, this is where the thing goes down. The thing that you need to know about me before you make the choice and, mm-hmm. you know, whether you can forgive me. It's like, okay, right. So some of the obvious things we thought, uh, I feel like have been ruled out now because he's kind of like ended the war almost. Yeah. So he's in the room. Yeah. I'm not sure where it's going, but I'm excited. we got one more issue of this. Yeah. Let's see. Between this issue and the dinner issue, I almost want to take back every bad thing I said during I Am Suicide. Still not a big fan of that story, but like... I said stuff like King really doesn't understand Batman. No, he does. Like, it was just, you know, it's taking me however many issues this is. I can't wait until we get to the the last metal one shot and you have to go back and uh, retcon your opinions. (laughs) Oh, no, wait, because I did some reading as we were talking and Mm. I found something out uh, that I I read incorrectly. So I'm waiting until the end of... Oh, okay. Right, okay. Of the show, yeah, 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 yeah. But you'll bring it up. I'm going to remind you. To I will. Bring it's. Up. I want to know. Don't, 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 don't forget Red Death because right. it, it, it doesn't change the things that it, that annoyed me, but it does change how I read the story, which makes me like it that much more. Okay. So okay, I'm curious. We'll get on that before before the five. But um, 
Batman, fantastic. That's true. Again. Yes. Uh, Janet, uh, not Janet, well, Janet as well, but uh, King for me, yeah. um, like, I enjoyed his first Batman arc. Um, it wasn't amazing, but I, I thought it was the you know strong stuff for the most part. Then I, I loved I Am Suicide. I mean, admittedly, largely heightened by the art, because that's when Janet first came in. Um, yeah. And then we all loved I Am Bane. Like, we were really impressed with most yeah. of that. Outside of that one bullshit cliffhanger with the Robins, that was the one, the only yeah. thing in that entire arc that bothered us. Um, and then, you know, I've, I've loved the, the Catwoman interludes and, you know, that issue where he actually asked her to marry him, you know, when he's up with Gotham yeah. Girl at the top of that, that tower in broad daylight. That was beautiful stuff. And um, I, you know, this is becoming a fantastic run and it doesn't seem like it's got an end in sight either, which is great. You know, keep going. Yeah. Go as long as you want, Tom. It's fine. Yeah. Keep going. So, no. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh yeah, uh, so that'll take us on to Superman number 31, uh, written by James Bonney and art by Tyler Kirkham. Uh, so this this was uh, this was originally meant to be Tomasi's issue back, but then it, that got pushed a couple of issues, so now we have... What is he working on? Well, that's Super Sun's crossover in December. That's probably what he's... Yeah, but is it taking that much time? He's taking... I don't know. Two months off? Like... Because these are both, you know, we had the last one that was the the parallax story. Yeah, that was two issues. And now, then this is two issues. And now this one. Well, I yeah. think it's two issues. Seems like two issues, but we'll Although, see. this being in a in a Superman issue is kind of weird because Superman has a very minimal role in the story. Yeah. So, which I don't think is a big deal. I think it's not that uncommon no. to you know make an issue of Superman focus more on Lois for a change. Like, I think that's fine. I bet like because yeah. of the way they've set it up with uh, Superman in action right now, in action feels like the one where more. Like, Joe, Joe wouldn't surprise yeah. me. It wouldn't surprise me if this was meant to be a two issue thing in action, like later, like maybe it was planned for later. But then because yeah. Tomasi needed more time, they said, "Oh, we'll just we'll put you over here and switch it, it over." In. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah, it's not bad. I just, uh, I wasn't. You throw Superman and Deathstroke on the cover, mm. and it's not the story I was expecting, and it kind of kind of drug in the middle. Like I started reading it last night, and yeah. I thought I was close to being done, and I looked on my iPad how much I had left. I was like, man, I still have like 10 pages left. I'm, I'll finish this in the morning. So, I, I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Like, I... I like, I, I liked I liked it for what it was. Like it, I didn't love it, but it was like you know for for a Lois yeah. going to investigate things, she's looking for no Deathstroke. I mean, I like that she's yeah. looking for she's looking for some other asshole first, and then it's like oh no, Deathstroke killed him. You know what? I'll look I for Deathstroke because that because <laughs> that, that gelled with the Deathstroke we've seen in uh, in Priest Run. Yeah, you know that he killed this massive drug dealer who was named was like what the Grave Digger, the Gravesman. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know? that's who he kills in this one. I thought I'd he's the most him. prolific killer. Yeah. And so Deathstroke's like, nah, I'm the most prolific killer. Which is worth mentioning. Takes him out. This is set before issue 21 of Deathstroke. It tells you that at the start. Before just, Defiance. Just to make yeah. clear that this is where it is in the, the timeline. Yep. Uh, there is a scene at the start where Superman stops this Star Labs employee from blowing the place up. Uh, this disgruntled guy who's lost everything. and yeah. That doesn't come back into play in the issue, so I'm wondering if that pops up next issue in some way. Part two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get... So, so she follows him around. She ends up in... Uh, Somewhere in Eastern Europe, I can't quite remember. I'm gonna say in Prague. No, I think um, it's Prague. I think it's exactly Prague. Is it Prague? Okay. Yeah. I just assumed from architecture and stuff. Um, it's one of those old world countries, but uh, and she ends up kind of befriending him because not befriending, but he saves her from this group that's trying to kill him. 
Mm. And she's caught in a crossfire, and she he kind of like gives her lessons on on being a hired killer. Where he's like, yeah, no emotion goes into this. It's basically just a paycheck. Um, also, I think he's kind of like, cause he's like, oh, Big Blue showed up to save you there. Uh, does he love you? And it's it's almost like yeah. he's piecing things together. Like he's he's not he's not a dumb yeah. guy. He's he's on the ball. And and she tells him, or he tells her, you know, this won't be the last time you put yourself in trouble because she's Lois Lane. But when you're around predators, don't run. Yeah, and then, so she yeah. comes. She comes back to to metropolis and perry loves the story and gives her the weekend off and superman's always kind of hovering clark's like hey i'll come pick you up and she's like no i'll, I'll walk home it's fine or i'll take a cab and deathstroke shows up and pulls a gun while she's on the phone with clark yeah i've got a contract and, i'm sorry it's you and we see the yeah. gun go off and that's a cliffhanger for and, uh, and you hear or you read clark saying run which is just mm. the opposite so I don't think necessarily when he says that he had a contract, does he say that it was you, or he, he just says, says I have a contract? No, he says he says something. I'm sorry, it's you, or something to that. Let me, I'll double check and see what it actually says. Go ahead. It was something like that. It was something along those lines. Uh, do you know that moment I liked? I liked it when she gets in trouble in the alleyway, and she's told Superman to stay back, but he's given her this taser, and he shows up to save her, and yep. her narration's like, "Oh, I'm kind of pissed at her now, uh, or I'm pissed at him now." And then she's yeah. like, were you following me? And he's like, no, of course not. But the taser I gave you like sends out a signal when it goes off. Just So if you're in trouble, I can come running. Uh, and she's like, okay, I can't be that pissed off at that. But still, leave me alone. <laughs> I do myself. Yeah. So Deathstroke at the end, he says, I'm afraid it's you, Lois. Yeah. That's his final line. He goes, I have, a, I have a job and I'm afraid it's you. Now, how do we know it's not like... That's true, yeah. She, he's there to protect her. It could not. I like, can see that. I can see like because at yeah. the end with the gunshot, I can totally see the next it's issue starting with him shooting someone over her shoulder or something like that. Right, because when you look like the the taxi, like she's there's there's a car that's coming up, and the lights are on, and whatnot. And I don't think that's that's Deathstroke. So, hmm. you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Not that it's a cheap cliffhanger, but it's a nice you know, it 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 adds like a. What's the what's the word when it when things are the same as back symmetry? Not the same. That's a palindrome. There's some symmetry there with the issue, and you know Superman's gonna come in and fly and, and deflect the bullet. At least that's what I think is gonna happen. You know, if it feels like that'd be too quick for him, because he's still oh, on the I, phone saying run. I'm just gonna say yeah. I feel like the the twist is going to be that he's actually shooting someone else. He's not okay. shooting her. I think that's how that's just gonna start. Uh, right. Obviously, Superman's going to come running. I'm sure he'll pop up like two yeah. seconds later and almost throw yeah. Deathstroke through a building or something. <laughs> but first, like, oh, yeah. calm down, Clark. It's just not, not him. Don't well, and if we're going to get a Deathstroke fight, that that should be the way to do it. You yeah, know? like yeah. And Lois will be upset. like, oh, don't don't fight him, Superman. He's he's actually yeah, here to protect me. Yeah, yeah. But she'll you know make him all conflicting. She'll be like, don't go all yeah. Zack Snyder on me. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> he's already ripped him in half. <laughs> 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 he's just holding the spleen dangling he's like Lois it's okay honey I dealt with that he's done I did this for you <laughs> uh, dark multiverse indeed oh uh, that uh, I just gave me an idea what if one of the regular issues we get over the next month has something really dark happen and then the twist at the end is that it's actually the dark multiverse we've been reading for the issue that, that's yeah. not a bad idea yeah Unless you're avoiding the event and have not been reading any of it, and it just and you're just reading that one that's book, a, you're like, that's a major problem. Wow, yeah. Superman's killing a lot of people. Zack <laughs> Snyder has nothing to do with this. This is weird. 
Hmm. This is odd. Or, or it's or it's someone even like it's I'm trying to think what's, what's an even more surprising book than Superman. Al- Al- Alf- Alfred's killing children in the Batcave. Yeah, he's just dragging kids yeah. in, screaming and slitting throats and whatnot. Right. Uh, that went to a dark place. We should move on. Yeah. That'll take us on to Green Arrow number thirty-one. Benjamin Percy writing Otto Schmidt on art. This is. Is this the conclusion to Hard Traveling Hero? There may be another issue, actually. It feels. I think there's another issue, but it's going to tie into the next issue. I think is going to tie into Metal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, Metal's the the next issue. So this is kind of a de facto closing because the way that it ends. um, Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm cool with it because I really enjoyed this issue. As did I. Uh, Yeah, it was big fun stuff. So so basically, we left in this this cliffhanger last issue that Ollie's in space. Uh, Hal's been knocked out, so he's not getting the shielding of the, the Green Lantern light anymore. But he, he he's holding his breath and whatnot quick enough that he can like, hit a button to close the door, and he puts fight to this 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 uh, mm-hmm. this asshole, this this big uh, you know uh, circle guy, nine circle guy. Um, yep. Can't remember his name. If he had a name, he may not have done. He didn't. Yeah. He's just a burned man because he. That's, that's what he talks about. His whole his whole entire thing is when you become a burned man, you learn to love pain. And by loving pain of yourself, you learn to love pain given to others, and it's super creepy. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure how much I buy the scientific stuff here of Ollie being able to survive as long as he does in space. No, but it, all of it looks great. Otto Schmidt's, you know, doing all, all these yeah. like motion lines. He's uh, very expressive. There's, there's one particular panel of him shooting like through like a bit of metal, and you just see all these shards yeah. like sort of like creating a hole to see Ollie. It looks really cool. Uh, some some good stuff there. Uh, meanwhile, back down, uh, I was going to say Central City, down Star City, uh, Dinah and Emmy are taking on the the uh, oh, what's his face? I forget his name. The auctioneer, uh, and the and the underground men. And mm-hmm. I'm boring Matt because he's running away there. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I just yeah. But yeah, so it's just it's them taking them on. You, you think and all he thinks are in trouble because there's like screens in the space station saying, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. this is you know what's happening with her. And he's worried about that. Basically, what the issue becomes, though, is that Oliver triggers an explosion in the station, and th- th- this this space station blows up in space, and it starts all coming down into like you know Earth's orbit, and it starts to it's crashing towards Earth, and you get these reaction shots of everyone that we've met in this story arc. We see Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Batman, all looking up and seeing this explosion, and they all kind of like suit up. It's time to go and take really care cool of this. Page. It's fantastic stuff because everyone we've been setting up, and this is when Hal wakes up and he goes in to get get Oliver, and he's like, "My ring's depleted. I can't really do anything now." And he's like, "Well, he's like, well, I've got enough willpower f- to help you out." And they sort of combine yep. to try and f- power the ring, and yeah, it's just it's this great moment. Oliver's beat up, and he's just like, "Yeah, you know, that thing's full of <laughs> willpower." Uh, the richest, you know, he's the richest source in the universe, as he puts it. Right. Uh, you know, and, oh, your, your mate's going. I like. Oh. And uh, yeah, you see, you see all the, uh, you see all the rubble outside at the window, of the space station burning up behind this conversation through the, the window. It's pretty, it's just a really nice uh, sort of build in terms of atmosphere. I like the moment before the one that you were talking about, where he says that you know that's what you get for partnering with me, you mm-hmm. dumbass. And there's a moment, and then they both start laughing. Like, it's just a nice moment between Lantern and Arrow. Like, you kind of f- tend to forget that they were, they were buddies in another universe, you know? Like, yeah. 
because they, they really John's really doubled down on the Green Lantern Flash relationship and the Green Arrow Green Lantern even though they were the hard traveling heroes kind of gets forgotten about um, yeah and so this was a nice reminder of that that they are playful towards each other even even when times are you know they both almost died and you, you get this double dose of just like happiness because you see the Justice League also like getting rid of all the debris making sure all their yep. cities are safe and then this biggest part lands in Central City, or, or not Central City, Flash is somewhere else, but it lands yeah. next to Flash, uh, somewhere in the desert, and they all um, like converge there, and they pick up the rubble, and they just see that uh, you know Oliver and Hal are just in this one green bubble that they've managed yep. to create, so they've kept themselves safe as they've descended into Earth, and they're okay. Yep. And as soon as you turn the page, you get this double-page spread, uh, not double-page, sorry, single-page no. spread of uh, this girl that Emmy and Dinah were trying to save. And yeah. so it's just... It's just there's this bright background. It's just this kind of moment of happiness, yep. like you know, because you were worried about them. You thought, oh, maybe they they may be in trouble, but no, on their own, they dealt with this and they've saved the girl. Yeah. So it's just this nice double dose of happiness as you get happy endings for both sides mm-hmm. of the, both sides of the story. So, no, oh, uh, really happy stuff. Of course, the most interesting part might be the ending, though. Um, yeah, where Oliver is offered a seat at the table. Uh, at the Justice League, we even see his chair, literally with the the arrow logo on it. With the arrow logo. Yeah. Yeah. And he then pisses every single one of them off by saying, you know what? Nah, <laughs> I don't want to be a member of the Justice League. Yeah, he's like, I want to do things my way, and he can't do that with with the team, and I appreciate the offer. And then he's like, well, how about a compromise? And he's like, I'll be a rogue agent, which, <laughs> yeah. of course, he does things his own way. So it sounds like him. I, it makes sense. It means... When there's a big crisis going on, they'll call him into help, but he's not necessarily in the Justice League book all the time yeah. or anything like that. That's I mean, that's fine. It works. Although with Priest coming in, I could see him really getting used. You know, could... mm. Priest has a, a penchant for flawed heroes. And... I think I think maybe what it's done is put Oliver at the head of the B team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's not on the main team, but he's kind of heading up the, the reserves, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and then the last page is just a nice little... Uh, t- tie into the the metal resistance crossover he, he just says because the, the the mountains just appear and he's like you know go and help my my family protect gotham yeah. so yeah so this is a nice tease building to next week's mm-hmm. crossover issue cat what are you doing you're yeah. in my way you've, you've jumped up and i know you want attention but i'm busy all right <laughs> so that was a green arrow uh yeah, pretty straightforward issue, but it was very fun and action-packed. It was a big culmination of everything we'd been building up to. So it, it didn't need as yeah. much, uh, like, you know, it didn't need as much sort of in-depth ideas going on. It was just kind of like taking everything, putting it into a big action conclusion, and everything kind of paid off that the, the, the arc's been building to. So, yeah. oh, good stuff. Uh, so that'll take us on to Green Lanterns number 31, Sam, Sam Humphrey's writing and Ronan Cliquet on art. So that's also the conclusion to a to a storyline uh, that we've you know this lanterns out of time back in the past story that we've been dealing with, and uh, we finally get some more present day stuff. We actually start with a little bit of that with uh, what's his name, uh, Tyranner, uh, yeah. uh, talking about how he's been the guardian of the. I shouldn't use that word because that's got a, that's got a meaning in Greek. Well, no, he he kind of is though. He says that he's he's been the watcher of this uh, tomb. And yeah, yeah. It didn't end up so well for a lot of them. So, you know, he went from being a thief to a defender, which is a nice, hmm. you know, like, through line for here from time. from this yeah. from from what Jessica and Simon taught him. 
Zekran bites it, unfortunately. He also dies, yeah. leaving just the two <laughs> left yeah. uh, of the originals. And But they manage to contain contain Voltham and Jessica basically talks him down and says that she wants yeah. to help him. Because keep in mind, this is not Voltham from present day who's been in no. prison for uh, billions of years. This is right. Voltham at the time who's maybe not went through all that trauma yet. He's still kind yeah. of maybe... You know, he's reachable. They, they can talk to him. They can... And she actually does the thing that Kellogg did with her and brings up this whole idea of looking into yourself and seeing the Emerald Sun, the source yep. of your willpower, and showing that you're not... Uh, and they're actually going to help him. Like Jessica's talking Simon into it, and that's when the Guardians show mm-hmm. up and uh, Rami and Ruin Ganfer, everything. Yeah, they, they ruin everything. They, they, they imprison him. And it's actually Voltham who sends them back home. He like, no, I'm going to help you just before you, you know, well, I still can. And he, he gets yep. the travel lantern that's, you know, still all these rings to send them home. And yep. that's how they get back. But... Yeah, so because uh, R- Rami in the past is very interested in why Jessica's ring is not listening to him, he's very curious. Right. He's he's asking all these questions, uh, and they they try to help, but it's it's to no avail. Uh, and we get at least yeah. a little bit of a kind of epilogue to show that Kaja actually does survive, and she actually lives a full mm-hmm. life. She goes back to her planet. She 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 does what she wants, and then eventually, though, she dies, and she comes back to this sort of tomb that so- has all the the pods. The fact that she's a, a dox, right? She's Kaja Dox. Mm. Do you think down the line she's related to a Brainiac and Vril Dox? And... Because it says that Maybe. she becomes a great scientist like Rami before her, using the Green Ring. Yeah. You know? Maybe she, like Maybe the entire basis of Brainiac, in a techno- technological point of view, yeah. comes from that line. I don't know. That'd be cool. Maybe. Yeah, I like that a lot. It was... So Sam Humphreys has like reignited, pardon the pun, like my love of the the Green Lantern lore. Because you know I took a break with Venditti. It's kind of burned out after Johns, but I, I held on and it went to places I didn't care about. And through this book, you know it, it can be rough at times, but the intent's always there. And hmm. you know at the beginning of this, all I said I got tired of the different color core, but the way that Humphreys used it with Volthoom. And we saw, because he brings up here, like, because he was in such a panic and trying to get back and consumed by fear, he really only tapped into one end of the spectrum. And when he taps into the opposite side of the spectrum, the love, compassion, and hope, versus fear, greed, and, and rage and anger, you know, he's able to finally be at balance. And that's when he's able, just is able to break through to him. So yeah. I thought that was a, a really cool, you know, that, that's what John's had set up. And now we have someone else taking that the next step like the, like the emerald sun that's such a cool concept it, it makes me it makes me wonder as well like so does Voltham of present day now remember this encounter does he remember yeah. helping them does rami of present day remember meeting them in the past now like you know right. it's, it's, it's interesting like how um so no i'm, I'm curious about that like uh but no it's just fun and when they come back and there's like tyranneers so like uh, like happy to see them, and it is this kind of old friend mentality. And yeah. of course, he gives Simon his ring because Simon yeah. needs a ring, and he he hands it over. He passes it, passes the torches yeah. away. Uh, but then he's he's not gone though. He's uh, he's oh. given his strength back, and he's going to go with Rami to go and search for these other five rings, which are still out there. Yep. Uh, so now Simon and Jessica both have one of the original rings, which is pretty cool. Which which puts stands them out against the other Atlanters. Yeah, it does. It gives them a unique bond, and yep. then on top of that, they're told that. Well, given that Earth is now the, the, the center point, the creation of where this right. all happened, uh, that needs to be protected. That's where things could go back to. 
So you're on your way back to Earth. So we're yeah. We've, we've had our time in space. We've had our fun kind of cosmic story. But we're going back to Earth with these lanterns, which I'm glad because I I like the idea of having some lanterns on Earth policing the Earth. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm cool. Uh, this, this was. I really feel like Humphrey's arc here really got better as it went. He's, he's got another sort of uh, wrap up issue, I think, to go. But, yeah. Uh, I think he's really got did get better as he went. Like as it went on, I cared more about the characters. The stories got better as we went, more or less. Uh, and this, I think this final one definitely was his best out of the entire yeah. entire run. Yeah, I I also really liked his Doctor Polaris one, with him trying to save his brother. Yeah, that was a fun that, little arc. Yeah, that was a fun arc, and then the Scarecrow arc on top of it. It was like it was the Green Lanterns doing superhero things, and that was cool. That had been missing for so long because they had, were just space cops and. Yeah. You know, and and beyond the space cops, there's this big space opera things, and this kind of tied it back down Which, to character. And to be, to be fair, we're not saying that we shouldn't have that as well. Mm. That, that's a part of Green yeah. Lantern that should be there, but yeah. um, it, it just felt like it was the, the regular Earth that's stuff was all missing. It was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so having the two books does help with that. So we can have one be that, and then the other one can go be mm-hmm. other things. But um, no, I, I think uh, you know, I, I think Jessica especially has become one of my favorite characters like she's probably my yeah. favorite green lantern at this point wow right probably she's, she's definitely ra- she's definitely ranking above guy i can tell you that right yes now. i know i know you hate guy <laughs> i don't hate guy he's just you hate guy i don't hate him it's not like i mean sure if you told me that i had to kill one of them off i'd pick guy sure yeah but i don't any, actively want anytime dead. you can you bring up the one punch batman meme so you you, you know maybe you don't hate him but you Definitely strongly dislike him. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm somewhat indifferent, but I know you like him, so I play it up just a little bit, yeah. just to upset you. See, and I can't do that with Jessica because I, I enjoy her too. And if, if we're following John's timeline, you know, there's, there's a turn coming, and hopefully they don't do that because I don't, I can't handle that. Mm, mm. Yeah, but she's, she's been through a, a lot of growth, and I think. We very, yeah. we very really have characters who suffer from anxiety in this way that she has, oh. and she's she's grown from that. And I've never, and I, I've, I've never yeah. suffered from anxiety really myself, but uh, from, from people who have, I've seen reactions on Twitter and things like that. People seem to really be responding to it and seeing yeah. kind of uh, reflections of their own experiences, and that's that's really cool. So. And I like how it's always there for her. It's she doesn't mm. have the yellow weakness; she has her own personal weakness. And yeah. with Simon, it's there too because it's a self doubt. And how good is willpower when you're constantly doubting yourself? But here, you know, he's able to overcome that, and even without rings, you know, kind of to save the day. So yeah. they they all choose him because of that. It's really cool. I'm gonna miss Humphreys. I mean, it's cool that he gets to go into Nightwing, and now Seely gets to come to Green Lanterns, and it's you know. But I'll miss I'll miss both of them because even on on Nightwing this week, I guess I love his take. Like he's been writing Nightwing for the good part of. Three four years through Grayson and now hmm. Nightwing, and oh, I'll miss him. But I, I think you know. We'll, at, at the same time, I'm actually kind of interested in seeing what each of those mm-hmm. guys do with these books a little way around. Yeah. Like you know, the fresh takes and those yeah. lanterns have a slightly different tone. Does Nightwing have a more adventurous tone because it's because it's him now instead of Seely? Right. Like, well, yeah. I mean, now that Seely has a knack for for big groups of characters because he introduced the runoffs. Uh, in Nightwing, mm. or, or reintroduced him, however you want to think about that. So, him kind of maybe playing with with these characters that Humphrey set in with her sister 
in Simon's family, and then Rami and Tyranir. Uh, Tyranir, I already pronounce it. You know, Tyran or Ty- uh, Tyranir. This is the problem yeah. with comics. You never get to hear someone say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. But nope. yeah, so now and obviously he's left Voltum out there to be used if if yeah. if Celia's going to want to do that. But uh, but no, uh, so we got another one of his issues left. I think it's just one left, and then we're going to on to Celia. So uh, that has been Green Lantern's Spide uh, Humphreys. All right, that'll take us on to Batwoman number seven, Margaret Bennett writing, and Fernando Blanco uh, or Blancho on art. Um, this uh, was. Start of a new arc because obviously we had issue six was the mm-hmm. sort of the standalone kind of days of future past esque look at the future that we're going to get to later on. Yeah, possibly in detective. Whereas this was kind of okay. We're back to the sort of the main threads, but we're kind of moved along a little bit, and we have this story of Batwoman in the Sahara Desert, uh, chasing down because they set up the time has passed, and we had knife. And then we had like this series of other assassins and like people working for the many arms of death. I don't want to like to see those stories. Yeah, like they, they sound interesting. Obviously, he's, she's chasing down the needle, who at the end of the yeah. story, uh, you know, spoilers, turns out to be Scarecrow, which is actually kind of cool. I wish, I wish they hadn't put Scarecrow on the cover. Yeah, no, I agree. Even though I like the cover a lot, I, I wish it wasn't. The cover was cool. The how then we've been chasing needle, we've been chasing needle, and then. At the end, when you get to it, and needle scarecrow, and it'll be like, "What? This yeah. is cool." That, that should have been the cover for the next issue, and it wasn't. Re- yeah. It shouldn't have been revealed, revealed to us until after this one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, so, so that that, that is a, a criticism. I will say, I like this issue quite a bit. I probably think it's a little bit weaker than a few of the recent ones, mm-hmm. uh, but that's maybe more of a testament to the quality I think the books had, where I've been really, really loving the issues. And in this one, I liked quite a bit, but I wasn't as... It was good. It. Uh, the whole thing with the foxes and the thorns, mm. I thought made for some good imagery, and like, I mean, they have red hair, Kate has red hair, and it's kind of, I feel like that's going to be Sophia's motivation. Yeah, we have, for we have, why she she flipped. Yeah, because it talks about how like the the fox goes through the rose and it gets like uh, an infection and then it spreads yep. disease and it's like the idea that Kate showed up to the island and she spread like the the you know the stuff that changed the the, the island and everything right. you know, became different because of her. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to talk about the Sahara Desert and like I was like oh this is Sahara Desert's bigger than the whole of Europe. I did not know that. That's an interesting fact. Um, yeah, that's pretty World's cool. Largest- well, not not world's largest desert because Antarctica. I mean, all to be a desert you have to do is get low rainfall or zero rainfall. That's true. That's funny. Yeah. I would never have thought of Antarctica being a desert, but kind of, I guess, yeah. kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, but yeah, the Sahara is like the largest. Like, I'm trying to find the the right like desert desert. Like when you think of a desert and sand dunes, it is the Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, do you know what's funny is again this is again it's just this comparison thing that is hurting it here a little bit. Is I think the art's actually very good. It just happens to be the weakest that the books had. <laughs> it, it it's not um, what's Epting. his name? Uh, Epting. Yeah. yeah, that first art was gorgeous, and then that 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 issue with the boat and like that was the really romantic feeling issue that had a really yeah. unique style, and then the last one had that futuristic thing going for it. So that this one. Just by default, even though some great stuff in it, because in the desert, and then there's that flashback with her, with her sister, with the snow, and uh, mm. some great stuff. And do you know what I liked about the the ending of this when we find out she's, you know, she finds this what might be an oasis and she drinks from it, and I'm yep. like, 
Is that an oasis, or is this just the scarecrow fear gas, like giving her hallucinations? Because it, it was making me think that maybe some of the flashbacks, because that flashback with her sister, you see the bullet hole in her head at the end, and the blood drips down. I was thinking, is the scarecrow oh. gas already like she's thinking about these memories, and the scarecrow gas is actually already like affecting her? Well, yeah, thoughts. and she had talked about that oasis wasn't what it appeared to be. Yeah. So I'm sure that'll that'll come into play later. I'm a sucker for a good scarecrow story. You know, being that today is Batman Day, like mm. my favorite Batman story is called Absolute Terror, and involves Scarecrow deciding he can work his craft without the fear toxin, mm. and he basically cripples Gotham for a period because he becomes like a serial killer and is plucking victims at random, and everyone's afraid to go outside, and he's just taking in all this fear, you know, and it's a really cool story. It comes from Detective Comics. I think it's 835. If you're interested, search there. I think it's eight thirty-five, eight thirty-six, but but yeah. So I'm again, I'm a sucker for a good scarecrow story. So I'm I'm glad that he turned up. Yeah. I, again, I wish it had been more of a surprise. Yeah, um, it looks cool at the end though, because it's like in her like you know weird vision of what's going on, it, mm-hmm. and she feels she's drowning, and Scarecrow's got like like uh, octopus tentacles. Yeah. <laughs> like behind her, it's really it's pretty cool stuff. It's very nightmarish, and I think the whole issue has that feeling to it, where she's as she's walking through the desert, she's getting more delirious and. It's, it's almost like, is there Scarecrow Grass involved yet, or is this just her going nuts because she's out in the desert and she's not finding anything? Like, is, is the heat getting yeah. to her kind of thing? So, uh, it's, it's playing with those ideas. Uh, so, Batwoman continues to be uh, really good stuff. Even, even if this... Like, because it's that nightmare thing, it almost doesn't feel as tightly written as the previous issues, because it is, but it's intentionally kind of mm-hmm. wacky in the way it follows on from each other. And then the art, just by comparison to the previous artist, feels a little bit of a step down, even though it's still actually quite good. So, so it has that going against it, but it's actually still a really good issue, and I'm really curious as to where they go with the Scarecrow stuff. So, yeah. so cool. Um, that'll take us on to Super Sons number 8, Peter J. Tomasi. Oh, there he is. He's not. He's writing something. He's not completely lost yeah. in the void. Uh, and Jorge Jimenez on art, uh, who, by the way, I don't think he's missed an issue of this yet. No. So, respect to him. I like the consistency. Um, so, despite the fact that the last two issues kind of felt like a two-parter, it was actually parts one and two of this arc. Uh, I like the title, Planet of the Capes. They're on this other mm-hmm. planet. And the next one's called War for the Planet of the Capes, which also I like. Uh, I, I like this oh, referencing please. to the, the Apes movies. It's good stuff. Uh, so, th- they got pulled into this uh, dimension at the start, end of the last issue, start of this one. And they don't know why they're there. They meet these two girls who have superpowers to some extent. And this world seems barren. They find out that the planet's actually this big creature who took over this world. Uh, they're on another planet of some kind and they're not sure why they're there. But the wizard guy who made the clay monsters, he he's apparently someone here who was a good guy. And they're not sure if he's like an alternate version of him or if it's the good guy in, un- in their regular world that went bad. Yeah. It's setting up all these things. And, uh, yeah, so, I what did you think of this one? It was good. I just, I enjoyed the last issues more. I wasn't expecting this to go to the places it did. And it just, I didn't think it was bad. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I should have because it got the, the, the Cracklow stuff was fun. But this whole World Eater thing, uh, I can't remember its name off the top of my head. Oh, I've got it. Uh, Admittedly, my pronunciation here might be complete nonsense, but mm-hmm. uh, Gardas, 
I'm assuming the yeah. Y at the start is silent. <laughs> no, it's Yggdrasil because it's a lot like Yggdrasil, okay. which is the, the world tree from Norse mythology. And basically, they, they come out and say that it's there to consume this clay from this world that they had fought in the previous two issues. You know, I just I don't know how this is the planet of the capes. Like, is it because of the, the clay at the end? Is it because it was this big heroic planet? But if that's the case, how is it different than Earth that has a lot of heroes? Yeah, like, yeah. Like if this was compared to our regular real Earth, then sure, I'd get the the name. Maybe we don't. We just don't know yet. Maybe we'll get more yeah. next issue. I, I will. I will say the art. Uh, I mean, obviously, Jimenez is well, great, and it's been great there. I just want. I think in this issue in particular, though, there's some really fantastic layouts. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they were complaining, uh, not complaining, it can, like explaining stuff, like the, the girls were saying, yeah. like explaining, like I love that panel of the world eater, like actually coming towards the planet. It's actually and smashing into it. Yeah, and and the like the layouts there are really good. The, the page before that's the double page uh, layout, where it's kind of like the, one, the one of the girls has like an afro, and like all the panels are like, coming out of the afro. <laughs> it's a really weird wacky layout, but yeah. it's it's cool. It's kind of like oh, this is all coming out of her head, uh, and it's like, explaining the story. So I really enjoyed the book from a just a sort of layout and sort of sequencing point of view. Uh, like it was really telling the story in a fun, creative way, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so, so great art. Obviously, the banter with uh, Robin and Superboy's uh, always great. Uh, at the end of the book, of course, they shot with all their, their clay heroes, the, the, the world yeah. eaters built, and he's coming for them. Um, but no, uh, it, was, it was good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there you go. It's short and sweet. Uh, which leads us on to the final book of the week, which is just me in this case, because Connor's not here. Because uh, yep. Matt's not been reading this, and that is Aquaman number twenty-eight. Dan Abnett writing uh, Cedric on art. I'm not saying his first Cedric. name because I can't do it. So, um, obviously, this has been a really strong arc since it started in issue twenty-five. Uh, this issue basically breaks down into three plot points, and it's on the one hand you've got Aquaman and Dolphin dealing with this this henchman from the, the, the criminal kingpin in the ninth trade and I really I really like this stuff because at the end of it all like when Dolphin sort of shows up because Aquaman's getting beat he's getting his ass whipped and Dolphin shows up and saves him after he's told her to leave and he's kind of pissed that she didn't listen to him but afterwards like they have this really sweet moment where he's like look I know why you're showing me all this stuff you think because I'm I'm the king because I'm Aquaman that I can do something about it but because I've seen all this suffering and I've seen all these people that I can do something. But you know what? I'm a vigilante now. I do one by one. The, it wasn't just you know, King, you know, uh, Wrath, that you know got rid of me as King. It dethroned me. It was Atlantis that chose as a whole. Like, people were against me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this. Like, whatever you think I can do, I'm not strong enough to do it. And obviously she can't speak. And there's this really sweet moment, which, again, really lets the art shine, because she just kind of, like, gives them this kind of, like... I'm not trying to describe it. Uh, just this kind of little shy little smirk that says yeah you can you're doubting yourself but you can i know you can i believe in you but she does that without saying a single word it's all in the the expression and it makes for a <laughs> really sweet little moment that uh i really really enjoyed um, and then elsewhere volko's with the uh, undyne who's the the one from the what do you call them the the sisters of uh atlantis i can't remember their name the sisterhood from yeah from from titans no? Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. You're talking about, like, the Widows. The Widows, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, 
she, she's like the agent from them who's trying to help Volko because they actually want with the wrath as well. And they're mm-hmm. sneaking into like the the pits to try and like find the magic that can take down this 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 big uh, thorn barrier that's keeping people out of the city. And there's no regular guards down here, but the guards of the dead are down here. This is where like uh, spirits of past Atlantean warriors govern this place, and they are deadly. But uh, and she gets all worried. She's like terrified. But we find that it almost plays like a really good humor bit where Volko. You can actually defeat these these uh, enemies if you know their name. If you speak their name, they have no power. So basically, all these ghosts of Atlantis keep showing up, and he just like he's like, I know my Atlantis <laughs> history. I know who they all are, and he's just naming them left and right. And he's I just like it's a really fun scene because he's just walking through, and every time it cuts back to them, he's just like, uh, and she's still kind of worried. She's got her like her sword out. And he's like, just put the sword away. I I know my my history. And then she's like, yeah, but we'll forget to one that you, you can't recognize. Like, no, nah, trust me. And then, but as they keep getting deeper and deeper to where they're going, it becomes apparent that the, the the ghosts are getting older and older, and some of them are like, you know, they're getting more deteriorated. And it's like, well, if we get to one that's just got a skeleton, how are you going to recognise them? And then they, they go through a door, and it's one that's got like half of his face bitten off, and he can't see his face. Yeah. It's like, oh, I see your point. Uh, run, and that's kind of our, our cliffhanger for that's their plot. Fun. Yeah, it was it was good stuff. Uh, and then Wrath is pissed because Mira's got Tempest. Uh, on the outskirts, and he, even though he swore not to use the magic, he knows it's you know grave dangers, and they need to get mm-hmm. to Aquaman. So he's trying to break down the, uh, the the barrier, and Wrath knows that there's a small chance that because he's good at with his magic, he might be able to do it. So they, they send the army after them, and that's the other big cliffhanger. So no, I had a really fun uh, time with this book. It's it's continuing everything I liked about this arc. It's building the the connection with Dolphin. Um, Tempest being involved, making him feel like he's part of the Aqua family again is really cool. And uh, like I say, all the Volko stuff with the ghost was good fun. And I, I don't think I have to scream and shout and dance about Cedric's art uh, more than I have before. But no. So I looked stuff. up while you were talking about this. Oh, I looked on. up how to pronounce his name. I'll go for it. So it's it, uh, Stipan Sejek. Sejek. Stipan? Stipan. Yeah, go to his Twitter. He has it uh, so you can pronounce it. <laughs> oh, cool. It's quite funny. Shaipan yeah, yeah, yeah. Sejic. Yeah, no, no J. The, the J stop. So it's Sejic. 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 Oh, Sejic. Uh, this is like Tinian where I just I like the way I say it already. So just do it, but I just wanted to put it yeah. out there. In case that he gets it, I want to show that we are, we did put in the effort. Okay, okay. Um, Sejic. Sejic. It's Sejic. Okay. Sejic. Sejic. Yeah. It's like saying say it, just with the, the C sound at the yeah. end. Say it, you prick. <laughs> uh, not him, I'm saying you know, say it. You know, never mind. Uh, I know, but it rhymes, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, Aquaman's been great since issue 25. Like, um, if you ever like decide to go back and read this, you know, when it's you know some trades later on, Matt, this is, I, I think yeah. you'll find a lot to like in this arc. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's really, really good. Um, if if I had more time, it would be on there just because again, art is fantastic. Of course, but... and uh, obviously, since it's went monthly as well, I feel like the pacing is really good. It's like because he's, he's only writing one book per month, one issue per month. I feel like Abnet's doing a better job, and it's feeling a lot more consistent. So, uh, no, um, I'm I'm digging. I'm I'm really glad I caught up with Aquaman. I'm glad I jumped back it's in. Good. So. Uh, it's good stuff. Uh, so that was the last book. So before before we get on to our picks of the week and all that, Matt mm-hmm. had a final point he wanted to make about the Red Death that he looked up. Yeah. So there was something that wasn't sitting with me uh, from Earth-52, being the continuity wonk that I am. 
And so as we were going, I was multitasking, and I pulled up the, the list that Morrison had of the different Earths. But there was no Earth-52. Oh, my. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so as, as I'm doing this, it's pointed out that there's a dash. And any time that you bring up one of the multiverse Earths, there's no dash. Meaning that that Earth that we see in the Red Death is Earth-52. Ah, uh, so and hence putting it in the dark multiverse. So you get negative one through fifty-two instead of exactly. So being that that's negative or fifty-two, and going with everything that Pete had set up about these are the fallout and they're yeah. not meant to last. Being that they're dark because there's infinite possibilities from from so, bad decisions. So, so weirdly, I was—I mean, I never got it from that reason, but I was kind of right when I said that it's, it came from Earth fifty-two. It's like the negative version of it. Yeah. Cool. Basically. Right, fantastic. So that helped my understanding of what's going on, and I'm not so like it doesn't fit in to what I need it to fit in with. That said, there's still things in there that drove me a little nuts, but I'm not on as down as down on it as I was at the start. So look at no, that. That's that's cool. Uh, that's fantastic, Matt. Um all right, there you go. We've ended but even something Matt didn't like at the start, he's been uplifted by the end of the show. How's, mm-hmm. How good is that? Uh, so, um, yeah, so best stuff of the week. Uh, that's what we always do at the end of the, the show. We, we pick mm-hmm. our best panel, art, cover, uh, and obviously our top five books of the week. So uh, best panel is what we usually start with. And Matt, you, you made the mistake of telling me you had yours all picked out yeah. before the start. So I'm going to go yeah. to you first because you can just tell So, so mine's a bit of a cheat, which, we, which we've been known to do. But it's hard to pick just one. But it's from Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. And it's it's when the Justice League looks up and they see that the satellite has exploded and they all go to respond. And what's cool is that in the Flashes and in Batmans, you see it explode in the, the skyline. And with Superman and Wonder Woman, you don't see it. They're just reacting to it. Because to me, they're the more of the reactionary heroes, you know? So they see it and they go... But it's just, it's really huh. cool well, how they broke it down. Do, do you know I, actually how I read that? Because I, I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. Because it's actually Superman yeah. first, then Wonder Woman. And then yep. I, I don't remember which way around the last two are, but it's those two first. Superman, or uh, Flash and then Batman. Right. But as you say, like, the first two don't see, yeah, you don't actually see it in the panels, you see them looking up. Yeah. And then it's when you get to the Flash and Batman, you actually see the explosion in the sky. I think mm-hmm. the way, for me, that was, maybe, maybe it was taken into account who was where. And maybe it does, as you say, like they're more reactionary. But the way I thought that was chosen for me was that it was more of a sequence thing. Like it's like you see them looking up, but you don't know quite what you're. And it's like as you go down the page, it reveals be too. what they're looking at. You know, I thought it was more like a sort of sequential thing like that. But I mean, your 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 read's fine too. Like, yeah. but uh, no, no, that's a fair pick. Um, as for my panel, I'm looking through Red Death, right? Because I feel like there's a lot of things in here that I would, I would want to pick. There's a lot of great stuff. I mentioned that double page spread a lot with the. Where they merge, get into the light, and it's that double page uh, thing with all the, the oh, it's actually a double page, single page, but uh, straight after a double page, uh, with all the the panels going down the angle. However, I think I actually have to go with Batman because I think the satisfaction of Kite Man smugly saying Kite Man hell, and as much as he doesn't get to finish, yep, the satisfaction of him, you know, letting Riddler know that he screwed him over, is just too much of an impact on me not to love. Yeah. So, so in, in terms of in terms of art, it's the guy smirking, but in terms of the emotional impact of the panel, yeah, it's it's top stuff. So I'm going with that. Fair enough. So uh, okay, cover. 
Uh, best cover of the week. Uh, I'll go first. Um, Red Death's okay. I will say that I like the variant for Red Death a little bit more. Um, obviously, there's actually a lot of good covers this week. Aquaman's quite good. Nightwing's good. Green Arrow's good. Batman's obviously got the uh, the, the Janin art. I am, however, going to have to go with uh, Batwoman for that big, creepy scarecrow face yeah. with her like down in the bottom, and it's like kind of this. I just, I just, it's the most standout image there when I'm looking at all these covers uh, together. What about Fair you, enough. Matt? So, so mine is the uh, Sejic Nightwing. It's so metal, and I hmm. thought it was a Ribbit cover, uh, and I love Ribbit's Thor stuff, and this is very reminiscent. Like you have, you have Dick at the forefront, just looking like a, a badass. So, it, and the colors just they match everything. You know, they're cold. Like the issue, so yeah, can't can't argue too much with that. Uh, so I guess that takes us on to art, best art of the week, and we always say this in week three because the the artists are really stacked. We we yep. we have uh, Gia Domenico, we have Schmidt, we have Cedric, we have Janin. <laughs> we, yeah, this is uh, a really really busy week for great art, and we have a Jimenez. I think we mentioned him. So yeah. who, who are you picking? So mine's Janin for Batman. It was the, for the story that it told. It had some pretty cool blockbuster moments without being over mm-hmm. the top, like that double page spread of them all on the gliders. That's super cool. And then, like you said, the emotional impact it hits not not just with the kite man, hell yeah, but Joker. Like when you open that page and it's Joker just staring at you, and then that progression of his knock knock joke, like it's it's. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm picking Batman as well. I'll add on to all those moments. Uh, again, Catwoman in that that old outfit's pretty badass. And yeah, you know, just, just again, like Batman getting worried that she's falling, and you used to see her like falling through the sky, and it just like every single beat just played is as if it's like a blockbuster movie in the in the best mm-hmm. possible way. So, um, yeah, Batman. Uh, so top fives of the week. This should, this should be interesting, given the difference in opinions in some books. Uh, Matt, what was your top five books of the week? So, my top five... Number one's going to be Green Arrow. I really enjoyed this capper on this Our Traveling Heroes. Yeah. Uh, number two is Nightwing. Number three is... Man. Actually, number two is Batman. Number three is Nightwing. And then... My iPad froze. Uh, and then... <laughs> Super Suns and no Green Lanterns and Super Suns, so there's my, my cool. Oh, this is this is a hard week. It is <laughs> honestly. I like sometimes we talk about how something sometimes nothing stands out, and I feel like the problem here is that there's a few things standing out as possible yeah. number ones. Yep. Hmm. I'm going to have to go with Red Death. At number one, I, I think... I'm not, I'm not surprised. For the ideas that it's poking at, for some of the moments yeah. it gives us, I think I have to go with it. Batman at number two. And then... Batman at number two. I think Aquaman at number three. And then... Yeah. Green Lanterns, then Nightwing. Is that five? I think that's five. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty solid week for comics. Like there wasn't, yeah. yeah. yeah, Outside of Red Death, there wasn't anything that I was just like, uh. And then I even through talking about it. 
was yeah, able there, to rectify that. There wasn't so, a single one that I didn't like, really. Um, I, I mean, no. I guess the weakest would maybe be Superman, but even that, I still like is a filling issue. I, I still dug yeah, it. Yeah, because we all know I I usually say Superman for last unless something big was going on, like Reborn. Yeah, I would you know start my my Wednesday mornings with Reborn. Uh, but but this time it was you know the Red Death because that's the de facto mm. big event. Uh, but yeah, I saved Superman for last, and I wish I hadn't because everything else just was at a higher level yeah. this week. Uh, but no, that, that's uh, that's our top picks of the week, which leaves me to tell you what is coming next week on week four. Week four was really kind of uh, dry last uh, last month. Part of that was because Wonder Woman was pushed. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, this week, this month. Uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit healthier. Uh, so we have the next one shot, which is Batman: The Murder Machine Number One, which is the cyborg uh, fusion Batman story that we'll we'll be getting. Um, I'm not inherently as interested in that as a Flash fusion story, <laughs> but well, we'll see what they do with it. It could be could be good stuff. Well, uh, let's that, see who's writing that one. Let's let me look. That's a good question. Who is is, is it? The writer of the Flash mm-hmm. is or not Flash mm-hmm. uh, Cyborg. Yeah, Frank Thierry. Uh, artist Ricardo Federici, cover art by Jason Fabic. So, hmm, we'll, we'll yeah. see. I have no, I have no idea what you expect uh, from that one, but we'll we'll figure it out. Uh, and also, of course, we have the next to the 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 crossover, which is Suicide Suicide Squad. It is not number six. There's no way it's number. I'm assuming it's twenty six, and I've missed out the two. It's twenty six on my yeah. on my list. That's that's you good. missed that keystroke. Now that, that's that's fair enough. Uh, obviously, that's not one we normally cover, but it's part of the crossover, so we will be next week. Uh, and then top of that, we have Action Comics nine double eight. That's a weird way to say that. My God, I'm having a weird nine eighty eight. Nine eighty eight. That's the one. But it's the next part of the Oz effect. Oz effect part two. There you go. You, you're excited. We have Batgirl yes. number fifteen. We have Detective Comics nine six five, which is the start of the Lonely Place of Living. So that should be the big. Stoked. Flash number 31, uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps number 29, Wonder Woman number 31, and we also have the final issue of Batman Shadow number 6. So, yeah, it's a pretty decent looking week next week now. Just Uh, just so you know, Pete, there's a jock variant of Batman Shadow out there for next week. Ooh, air. Be on the lookout for that one. Ooh, air, indeed. Uh, So there there you go. Uh, That's what's coming next week. Um, Yeah, so that kind of wraps up this week's show. Um... Just a little tidbit so it doesn't shock you when it happens. There's a good chance that when we get to week two next month, we might cut a few books for time because week twos are ballooning in size. Yep. <laughs> so so it's not that we're, we're stopping reading things so much. It's just that we'll decide, you know, based on what we read, uh, if a couple of them aren't worth talking about, we'll cut them for time. So yeah. Just so it doesn't shock we, you when it happens. We kind of found, like, we enjoy talking about stuff more than just running down... You know, this is what happened. Oh, so yeah. usually when it's like one or two people, so like like Howland Pals, you know, that last issue is pretty good, but up to that, me and Connor are just kind of like, yeah, it's good, but like yeah. we don't have anything else to bring to it. So yeah. it's kind of like, well, we can use that time to talk about, you know, like with everything else we have going on. So like Metal, Oz Effect, all this other stuff that we had yeah. out there in the week two. Those end up taking a, a lot more time. and Yeah. Um, so basically, it's not so much that we're – cutting anything permanently there's a sort of thing where it could rotate back yep. in if it's got a big issue that we want to talk about yeah um what well, yeah. one thing that uh connor suggested is that if we still want to talk about the smaller things or if one of us still wants to talk about, we can still do a little thing for patreon although if we do that it wouldn't be behind a paywall because we don't want to put yeah. things that are regular dc books behind paywalls but that's just if people actually agree with that. If, if people want to actually like for example in week two it'll probably mean birds of prey and superwomen might get dropped 
uh, in terms of the show. If you'll still want to hear my thoughts on them, if I'm the only one still reading them, you know, I'll make a quick video and talk about them. I'm cool with that. Yeah, and and I, I kind of want to just put up, you know, stuff that, that this, that's DC. I don't want to go outside of because it's comic from Moldovers. Oh, sure, yeah. Stuff that, that we read that we could just be like, hey, guys, check this out if you like, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and I feel like Birds of Prey because that's how you got me to read Birds of Prey and Superwoman again, you know. So those are books that I just would have forgotten about, you know. Yeah, I, I just – it's just because part of it's just looking ahead because the, the rest of the weeks don't actually get affected by this right now. But looking yep. ahead at November and December, there's there's like so many books being added between the Dark Matter books, between uh, some of the Prestige books that are going to be hitting. Some of those weeks are going to balloon to the size of week two uh, and beyond. And because of that, we, we have to sort of look at it and go, okay, there's only so much we can read in a week and there's only so much time mm-hmm. we can spend talking about them. So we have yep. to kind of say there's a hard limit on how many we will discuss and uh, yeah. sort of go from there but don't it, panic it doesn't mean that the stuff that we don't talk about one no. month we won't talk about the next month and vice versa and obviously there's and, main books that we're never going to not talk about so yeah and if you guys do want to hear some of the stuff you know hit us up on twitter yeah. I'm more than happy to talk about books that we don't cover oh, that sure. I'm still going to read yeah, yeah, you know yeah. so you know we're always there for that because like Superwoman last week I would have talked about on twitter had I not had on the show because of the fallout from from the Citadel stuff. Yeah, really it's, it's, just, it's just a simple case. I mean, we might briefly mention, oh, we like this week's issue, go check it out. Mm-hmm. But, like, um, yeah. last week's issue <laughs> hit three hours, which is yeah. a bit more than maybe we, we want to be hitting. Two, two, and when we two or so is what we want. There's nothing that we could have really cut for time because the first chunk of that show was a show in and of itself. Oh, yeah. Those met- first four issues, that, that, yeah. just metal. It was, it was basically the combination of Metal being 40 minutes, which is seemingly normal for that, for event yeah. books. Uh, Mr. Oz Part 1, which also had the Fox News controversy, which you know made that bigger. And then the tie-in uh, re- uh, crossover book was obviously big <laughs> as well. So, uh, you know, we don't want to take time uh, from any discussions, but obviously there's a few where, yeah, they're quite short anyway. We kind of just repeat what's in the book and say we liked it or not. And so some of those smaller ones might might get the shaft uh, because of it. Again, right now that's only really week two. You don't have to worry about it in any of the other weeks right now. But it's just when yeah. things balloon up a little bit and there's more books coming out, we're going to have to make some choices uh, based on what's more interesting to talk about. So uh, that said, with what Yang has said over the course of this week on Twitter with New Superman, um, I oh, feel like it's Matt. shows like us. I, I, New Superman was not even considered for being one of the cut ones for me. I, I no, was, no, no, no. I was adamant about that. But I feel like it shows like us that had taken time for a smaller book like New Superman. Oh, sure. Because he had said like it was only supposed to be 18 issues long. That's a good point but to bring because up, actually. fans have come out and whatnot uh, and, and had love for these new characters he's created, DC is giving him a longer run. Who knows? That could be another six issues. It could be another 12 but I, I feel it's because of fans like us and you listening, watching, like that happens, and that's why I love comics. You Which know? is great because that, that book has become something special, and I'm glad it's yep. being rewarded for what it is. Oh yeah, and New Superman was never on the chopping block. Even we were going to oh, talk sure. about that up until yeah. its last issue, no matter what, because it, yeah. it's fantastic. But yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there. I know we're not supposed to introduce new things, but while we were talking about you know stuff like that, you know, so search out the smaller books. Oh sure, yeah. even if you're favorite show podcast whatever doesn't talk about them you know take a chance every once in a while absolutely uh i i fully agree uh with that sentiment so 
Um, it'll just be case by case basis. There's, there's no strict way. And like I say, it's only when we're starting to hit more than ten books in a week that we'll start. Okay, we need to yeah. cut a couple from the discussion just just for time and so we can uh, discuss yep. what we want to discuss. But there we there we go. Um, so we'll be back next week uh, with those books that we mentioned. They're coming out, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Connor will be back, and of course, Connor still has his Connor's Corner issue of Red Hood to do for the yeah. month, so you can expect that next week. We will not let him forget. That dude has been putting that off. I'd say we make him like hit him up on Twitter. Tell him he owes you two. I would, and usually I'm the one trying to cut Connor some slack, but that dude's been pushing it and pushing it, and you know, if you pay for it, then you should pay it off. That's all I'm saying. To be fair, to be fair, he only owes him the one for the month so far. If he goes past next week, then he owes owes two. Yeah, and there should be a penalty as well. I also, yeah, there should be a penalty if if he if he has to push one and there's two in one month, he should do a bonus one as a punishment for pushing yeah. it so long. I agree. Well, I think he will. I think he'll he'll do it next week. <laughs> I'm I'm sure Good. he will. But Good. Uh, so that that's that's coming. Uh, yeah. So and remember, actually, uh, the monthly bonus episode for patrons, if you're in the five dollar tier up, is out. Uh, me and Connor talked about justice. Alex Ross, uh, Jim Kruger. Uh, we mentioned it last week, but it's worth throwing out there. Uh, if you want to go check that out uh, next one's for October is going to be the long Halloween so you know good good stuff um, yeah so that has been this episode this is episode 70 of Comics from the Multiverse oh look at that exciting uh, we're getting up there on the numbers so thank you very much for watching and or listening uh, we always appreciate it uh, get us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast if you want to like, talk to us on there if you want to get us individually Matt where are you on Twitter I'm at Matt of Steel 57 I'm at Wibble89 if you want to find me on there. Uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, let us know what you thought of the books, either on Twitter, comics, uh, comics, comments below on YouTube uh, or elsewhere. Give us a review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice or wherever. It helps us out. All of it helps us out. Uh, share us with your comic book loving friends, because why not? We're pleasant people most of the time, kind of. Maybe not Connor, but... Uh, notice how, how pleasant this episode was without him. That's why I point that out. <laughs> it was nice for me and Matt to get some bonding time. Some a little bit, time. yeah. I had, to do, I had to do an episode with just Connor a few weeks ago, and you know, I, I'm always a little bit traumatised after one of those. But hey-ho, here oh, we man. are. I know, he, he gets all the shit when he's not here. It's just so easy. He does. Gets a lot of shit when he's here as well, to be fair. But <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That is uh, all the all the house, uh, housekeeping, all the, the plugging, all the Twitters and whatnot at the end. Uh, so thank you very much for watching or listening once again we always appreciate it keep reading DC comic books and always remember never get lost in the speed force Connor can exist